now, okay? Okay. Andrew Davis from Toon Talk Radio. How's everybody this evening in Newcastle land, Sunderland and of course Middlesbrough? Well, it's been an interesting last couple of games for Newcastle, especially from the doom and gloom to the absolute um, crescendo of noise and uh, happiness that seems to have engulfed the whole region since we've won two games. It's just amazing how the world of football can change so quickly. Well, you can catch the show tonight on www.toontalk.co.uk and you can also catch us on the TuneIn app and you also under novoradio.co.uk you can listen via the TuneIn app and also on the Google Play Store search Nova Radio Northeast. And if you go on to www.toontalk.co.uk just press play, you'll see the live symbol and you'll be able to listen in to the show to my many, many guests this evening. Well, it's been a, obviously it's been an interesting last couple of days. Even Big Sam's trying to outdo the show tonight by telling us there's going to be a major statement with regard to the captain of England. So that will keep that one in the back burner. And I've got my uh, co-host, as I normally do uh, tonight, it's Neil Mitchell calling from Dubai. Good evening, Neil. Good evening, Andrew. How are you doing, mate? Not too bad. Not too bad. No echo tonight. <laughs> Wee. That was a good got, thing. Exactly. I've got one of our uh, uh, Fleet Street um, legends, I, I, I would hasten to add. He's been around for absolute years, and I used to watch the Sunday Supplement. Every time he was on, Steve Curry would absolutely just bring it. And I mean bring it. He would say exactly what's on his mind, and he's on the show tonight. Good evening, Steve. How are you? Good evening, Andrew. I'm fine. Thank you very much. Good, Bit good, good. sunshine in the south, so uh, I've been enjoying it. It's actually sunny up here. I can't That's believe good. it. That makes a change. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be it's in Dubai. Very, it's very sunny out here. Oh, it is, isn't it? <laughs> Can you imagine living there, Steve? Have you been there? Have you been there any time? I've been to Dubai. I played golf there a couple of times. Yeah, but um, yes, it's hot and hot. I mean, <laughs> is, it like hot. A, is it like a hot heat or like a just hot and humid? No, it's a sort of. Well, when I was there, it's a fairly dry heat, but. Um, I, I gather it can be pretty humid as well. No, it's, re- it's, it's really humid out here at the moment. Is it? yeah, it's yeah. very, very humid at the minute. Uh, golfing would be very interesting right now. Oh, well, I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, can, I can play in the dry heat, but when it's very humid, I'm, I'm afraid I wilt. <laughs> how many, how many do you do 18 holes when you play, or you just play a Oh, 10 yeah, yeah, play 18, yeah, of course. 18. Yeah. What's your handicap then? Do, uh, well, <laughs> 18. <laughs> That's not bad. No, it's, it's, it's all right. But um, it's a typical um, sort of 
I, I mean, I, I don't play that often. I play maybe once every couple of weeks, you know. And I think if you're going to, if you're really, I've, I've, I've got some mates who I play with who are pretty good golfers. And uh, they sort of carry me, you know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean literally. <laughs> I mean, Do you use the cart? Do you yeah. use the cart? Oh, yeah, a buggy, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, buggy. Yeah. <laughs> I've, too, I've, many, I've, too many hills in Surrey for not to, I tell you. <laughs> I lived there, actually, in Surbiton. Did you? Well, I'm in Weybridge. Oh. The, not oh, too far quite, away, just up the road. Quite nice. It's yeah. nice. It's, it's yeah, a very it's well-to-do well area, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It was so tough till I came here. <laughs> Remember, the good life was filmed in Surbiton. That's why I went to live there. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I've done it all, Steve. I've done it all. So, so, so tell me, uh, Steve, give me your take on the subject of Rafa Benitez. You, you, you've probably met him during your time, but just give us, a, the Newcastle fans, a, a take of what, 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 we, what we have on our hands. Well, I think the guy is... First of all, you've got a, a very experienced guy who has known winning things. And I think they are two prerequisites for a good manager, you know? Um, and he's very thorough, Rafa. I've had a few run-ins with him, unfortunately. Um, I once watched a match at Charlton when he was manager of Liverpool, and I said it was the worst Liverpool performance I'd ever seen, or I wrote. And right. um, he... Uh, he wasn't too happy with me. But I, I think he's, you know, I'm, I'm glad he's decided to stay at Newcastle. He's exactly the kind of guy they want. I mean, from my perspective, uh, and, and I mean, I, I go back a long way with Newcastle in, insofar as my, fa my father was a Geordie and he was a, a mad keen uh, Newcastle fan. And, you know, I grew up with the names of the, you know, Huey Gallagher's and the Milburns and the Bobby Mitchells and the Monkers and, and these kind of people. And, um, but I think what Rafa will do is he'll get, he'll get the side, now he's, now he's decided he's staying there, he'll get the side organized first and foremost. I think you saw it probably in the game on uh, at the weekend against Bristol City where, you know, they didn't play pretty football at all, but they were determined not to lose. And I mean, it's, it's instilling that kind of mentality. You know, if you're, going to, if you're going to be successful as a football team, I always remember George Graham at Arsenal saying to me, if you're going to be successful, the first thing you get right is the defence. Mm -hmm. You've got to have a good defence. That is a springboard for everything. Now, I think Rafa, and he will organise. Um, OK, they, they had a dodgy start, I realise that, uh, at, at Fulham. Um, and they lost to Huddersfield, of course, at home. But, I mean, those two wins will give them a bit of momentum. Momentum is what you need. I think he, did, I think he gave a press conference today, didn't he, saying mm -hmm. that, um, that, that the, match, the, the League Cup match at Cheltenham in the week um, is going there to win it. And I think he's right. You know, I mean, managers in the past of bigger clubs, Premier League clubs in particular, uh, have tended to use the, 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 the League Cup as a, as a sort of grounding area for young players. But I think... I think what Rafa needs now is to win matches continuously. And that's why I think he'll, he'll play quite a strong side at Cheltenham on Wednesday. And, and, and he, he wants to get some kind of momentum going. If he, if he can do that at Newcastle, then I think it could be a good season for them. Was the feeling on Fleet Street when the, the season came to an end that Rafa was going to stay. Was that the vibe you were getting down there? Or was, well, not particularly, no. I mean, um, you know, Rafa, he's, he's used to managing at the top level. And mm. I think the feeling was, but, you know, I think, well, how many games was it? Ten at the end of last season? Yeah, Something like right. that. Yeah, yeah. and, uh, you know, 
I think he obviously saw something there that said, I mean, we, we all know that Newcastle is a sleeping giant. They've underperformed for years and years and years and years. They've had too many managers. I was just looking it up earlier on today. I think you've had um, 15 managers in 12 years. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, um, since, since Bobby left, and I mean, Pardew occupied five of those. So yeah. all this continual change... It doesn't give the club any continuity. What you need now is stability as a football club. And I think Rafa Benitez, despite the fact, as I say, I've had run-ins with him, I think he's got the, the kind of credentials that will give the club some stability. And that's exactly what they need. And I think well, it doesn't word. matter occasionally if you're not entertaining. You know, uh, mm. as long as you're winning or you're not losing matches, you need to... Be, it, and that takes time. It's not going to happen overnight. You've got to work at it. It's his first full season. He's a very dedicated, very conscientious guy. And I think he's probably got very good, a very good chance of getting it right. Well, we've talked about this on, on the show before. Um, the word that keeps pop, popping up in interviews is project. He uses it. Players who've signed have used it. It seems to be something that keeps getting bounded out and bounded out all the time is this project, I'm delighted to be part of this project, and that would certainly bear out what you're saying about Rafa wanting to get organised and having a plan I think there is a bigger picture thing going on here and thankfully, those the powers that be within the club seem to have finally bought into it and I think that's been part of the problem with the the, 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 the ch constant change, as yeah. you will, it seemed to be there was no direction, I don't know how you feel about well, it Well, I think, it's, I think it is vital that the people above him let him get on with the job. Let him do mm. what he needs to do. Yes. Um, if he needs money, you know, my cash has got plenty. Mm. You know, uh, whatever we say about him, he's now, he's now got to back Rafa. You know, I presume he's given him a pretty decent contract. He's got to back him. Um, you know, the, 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 I don't know whether, I, I don't know whether Newcastle, I'm, I'm not close enough to it to know whether in the market, you know, in the last nine days that remain of the uh, before the deadline, but um, you know, he, he sold one or two. He's brought one or two in. Um, I think Diam's a good buy, um, and, and he, but he'll know what he wants. He'll have in mind. He's a, in in that sense. He's a, he's thorough in, in the way that Sam was thorough. Sam Allardyce. People, you know, call him a bit of a, a clown, and a, you know, but Sam is the most meticulous guy you'll ever meet. I mean, his presentation, when he didn't get the England job the last time, I think it was where the time Ericsson got it, when he was interviewed, and, and the members of the panel who interviewed him talked about how meticulous his planning is. And I think that now in the modern game is, is very, very important. You've got to plan meticulously, and you've got to plan for the long term, not the short term. And project is probably a very good word to use for it. And, and, you know, I, and I think patience, obviously, is important from the supporters' point of view. I think you've got to give him the chance. You know, don't get on the players' backs. Give them a, give them a fair crack of the whip. All right, it was a bad start, but they're picking up now. And you've got to, they, they've, got to, they've got to be given the encouragement to fulfill whatever plans he's got for them. I, I would say, I don't know how you feel, Andrew, but the, the feeling out here... Uh, amongst and amongst the expat fans that I speak to regularly, is that everybody is buying into this and everybody is prepared to be patient. And I think it's part of wanting to shed some of the the labels that will have been hung around our necks for years. Um, they turn around and say, "Look, we can stick with this. We can back this, and we're going to give it 100 percent." 
we certainly have a lot of faith and belief in it. And I know I got that talking to friends back home, as you mentioned, about wanting to show the back line up. They, they keep saying they're seeing patterns starting to emerge now four games in. They can see what he's trying to do. And it does seem to revolve around the back uh, and, and build, making us steady and making us consistent there. Um, and I gather it was a very good defensive performance I got with the three points at the weekend. Yeah, I was going to say, Steve, you know, when it, obviously Newcastle have always been associated in the past with how we played the game, how we actually set up. Mm. And there was never real, you know, we all know there, was, there wasn't really a lot of emphasis on strong defending. No. And, but of the team, from when we were playing well and we were, we were kind of, uh, you know, ferocious when it came to playing at home, um, what's the, the one thing that I think has all been, all been missing, that there's, there's a plan from the first team to the under-21s to the academy the one thing with Rafa, he'll like as Neil quite right said, there seems to be um, with with a team formation, he mm. wants us to be set up in a certain way. Was he like that at Liverpool? Did he did yes, he insist he did. on? I mean, uh, that that is his philosophy. That that that's his, his business philosophy all the way through. Real Madrid, you know, organisation, get organised, mm. and let your players who are expressive express themselves. Once you've got the stability of the, each, each, everybody knowing what their job is, what their role is, and I think that is imp- that's key, um, especially in the championship, you know, which is a, it's a very difficult league to get out of once you're in it. And um, I, think you, I think first and foremost, you've got to be strong at the back. But I mean, if we go back to the days of Keegan, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. Kevin's attitude was always, we'll score more goals and we'll concede. You know, which which really was wrong. And when he did bring in people to to uh, to do work with his defence, he he sacked them within, or or they left in despair within. I mean, I don't want to name names. I can tell you one or two who went to the club and left disillusioned because he would not fulfil what they were trying to do with the with the, with the defence. One name that springs to mind was Mark Lawrenson. You know, who mm-hmm. who, who told me many times that you know. He didn't want to do what I wanted him to do with the defence. Now, what's the point of employing somebody if you're not going to fo- if not going to listen to what their ideas are? But I think Rafa is very much his own man. You know, he will he will do it himself. He'll have his he'll have his own his his own people in mind, and they will all do as he says. You know, he comes over as a reasonably easygoing guy, but he can be pretty firm. Let me tell you. Uh, when you had when you had your argument with him, how how did he uh, how did he get you? Well, how did he get you into the office? What, what, to, to well, it wasn't in the office. It was in press conferences. Oh, press conferences. A, okay. a, a couple of press conferences, you know, where he made some remarks like, but, I mean, I'm afraid I've had that with, with, with one or two Newcastle managers. <laughs> Kevin and <laughs> I fell out badly. Oh, I mean, Kevin used to come in press conferences and say, I know there are people in here who don't think I know what I'm doing. And he was staring straight at me, you know. But, um, <laughs> and, and, and it was a similar... Um, a similar thing. He was an all-innuendo with Rafa, but um, I wasn't working on Merseyside at the time, so I was, I, you know, I, I did go up and cover matches there. But generally speaking, I was a chief football writer, and I was in and out, you know, uh, rather than be with the club day on a day-by-day basis, where people like you, you know, your guys up there, Gibson. Well, not Gibson so much now. He he's uh, taking a back seat, but uh, the young lad who works for the Chronicle. Um, you know, they're the guys who see them on a day by day basis. So they, they, they were, I mean, I don't know how they, I don't know how, um, Rafa's being allowed to deal with the press. 
you know, the situation they had with McLaren was quite fatuous, you know. Um, Rafa's got to communicate. He's got to... His communi- the press are his communication with the, with the supporters. Always have been. You know, that's the role of the press, to communicate with the fans, to let the fans know as much as they can of what's going on within their club. You know, they're the ones who pay the money at the turnstile, after all. There's been a total sea change within the communication, actually, Steve, from the club. Again, speaking as someone distant um, from the region, um, now we don't have the constant television coverage. We're we're desperate to get our hands on information from anywhere and everywhere, and the club have become very interactive. Uh, From last year, where, quite frankly, they would pull the shutters down at the first sign of trouble, now we've got a social media account that will interact with everybody, and it's actually quite funny and jovial and I, I, I would single out Lee Marshall the fans liaison officer who sometimes takes brickbats for some of the things he does is frankly it's an impossible job in my opinion yeah, um, yeah. It, you know he's really sort of got the club communicating properly again because his shackles have been taken off mm-hmm. and that's only happened since Rafa's come in mm-hmm. and I think as you say he understands communication and winning the war of the minds and hearts of the fans in that way is the way forward and thankfully again the club are letting it happen yeah well I mean I think you know guys who have worked in Spain you know if you can deal with the press in Spain you can certainly deal with the press in this country and I would think that um, Carranca at the borough is probably I, I, I don't know but I mean I would imagine he's a, quite a decent communicator as far as the media concerned I mean I think the Spanish mentality is that you know they have they have as you know papers that are just dedicated to sport nothing else so that you know uh, you you basically if, if Madrid or, or Barcelona or Valencia or Real Sociedad whoever it is if they want something out in 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 the uh, in, in the media, in the, the community, they want their club publicising. They know that they've got to use the, the publications like Marker, etc. So I, I, I do think that, and, and, and especially with a club where, like Newcastle, where you know the, the city, the city revolves around the football club in a way. If you know what I yes. mean, and and, yeah. and 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 therefore there's this first for what's going on at St. James's Park. They want to know day by day, you know, what movements there are. And I mean, okay, you can't tell the fans everything, but you, you've got to disseminate information on a day by day basis. So there's always something for them to read about Newcastle United. Mm. When, I think, you, obviously, compared to your, your day when everybody, I suppose, well, it's only been a few years now, isn't it? But when it comes to reading about um, football teams now, it's all social media. Hardly, yeah. I, like I, I must say, I hardly ever read the an actual paper itself. Do you, do you think the way the way like I've noticed when you watch teams play, when Newcastle play and we score a goal, it's just joy, isn't it? Yeah. But I, I've noticed in uh, in other teams, especially when they score or other teams score, the bile, the reaction of the opposing teams now, mm. it seems like a genuine anger. It, yeah. And it's it, it's now it overflows into the social media. How do you, how do you think it's changed from people people's mentalities in in our day? Because you know I grew up watch listening to you. But what, what what's been what what you think it's going the wrong way? Well, no, I mean it, it, it's a process of evolution. You know, if you look at football, 
you know, it's not, it's not today like it was 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. And the same applies to communication. I think the demise of newspapers is very sad. I think there are certain, you know, all, certainly the older members of, uh, the older fans of football still want a bit of uh, ink on their fingers. Um, but, but, but there is now too much social media, but there is a lot of vitriol. I mean, I know from myself, from, uh, from Twitter, the stuff I get, you know, which some of it is vile, some of it is really insulting. And yet I always make, I always say that, you know, I like football, full stop, all right, you, you support your own team. I, I, I'm a Manchester lad, so I support United because I've done it all my life. But but um, I also appreciate good football from other football teams, whoever it is. You know, if you're a fo- if you're a genuine football fan, then you support your team. But you appreciate skill, you appreciate entertainment from other teams. I've always felt like that. But some of the stuff you get on Twitter is is I find is you know I, I mean, well I mean I don't answer. Oh, I only answer those who talk. You know what I think is is. Uh, sensibly rather than insultingly oh, I appreciate that <laughs> it, it, do, you know what, do you know what it is Andrew and, and, and Steve uh, my, my take on it is that the, the way it's evolving at the moment is almost like places like Twitter can become a little bit like virtual skinchies because yeah. they, they don't appreciate it's like the real world mm-hmm. and it's not until somebody does something or says something to someone who can turn around and bop them on the nose the next time they see them that they get that actually it is the real world Mm. Uh, being out here in the UAE where they're very, very um, quite strict on how you use social media and some of the things you say and some of the pictures you post can actually get you deported at the moment. Yeah, they're, that, sure. they're that strict on it. And I think that makes people much more acutely aware about what they're saying to whom and whom and about what. Um, and I think now it's this immediacy, this ability to connect immediately, which is great in some ways. It's fabulous. I mean, I, I now do the electronic equivalent of hanging around outside a Rumbelow's window watching the CFAX turn to get the latest score when we're not on the telly. You know, I'm, I'm flicking through Twitter and, I'm, it, 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 and it is that bit more immediate, but it's no different to what I did as a, as a, as a kid, you know, hanging, dragging my heels so I could watch the CFAX tick, tick past yeah. me as we went past the window, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, and like you, I, I like getting ink on my, on my fingers. I used to love waiting for getting the football pink when my grandma came in from the bingo so I could read about the, the, the match when I was little. Um, and I miss a little bit of that. But equally, I embrace some of the immediacy. I love some of the immediacy. I love the way can, we can connect and you can, you know, I, I've, I've, well, on this show, we've had people from four different time zones on the line at the same time, mm. all talking about Newcastle United. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah. crazy. Totally nuts. Makes absolutely no sense whatsoever, yet it's bloody great. And I love it. Yeah, but of course, it, yeah. Of course I, I mean, have to remember, take into account what we're saying and how we're saying things to people. And you're right, sometimes it's better just to ignore the idiots. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I do read the papers online now. I mean, I read my last paper that I worked on was a mail, and I read it every morning online, you know, whether I'm here mm. or abroad on holiday, you know, I, I, the first thing I do is download the paper online. Um, but as I say, I think social media is all to the good. I'm, I'm not against it, but I, I just wish some people would be a bit more reasonable about the, the way they put their arguments online rather than, uh, you know, expletive-laden stuff that's insulting to you individually. I mean, I don't mind being insulted all my life by football fans. You know, but, 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 but um, I just think, it, you know, it, it, it's unnecessary. What's been your uh, talk, 
talking about uh, people being upset, what, what, what's your thoughts on Sunderland? Sunderland? Yeah. Huh. Well, where, where do you want me to start? Uh, I mean, I, I think it's I think it's very sad. They're already seven to four to be relegated this season after just a couple of games. Um, you know, I'm a great. Um, I've got great uh, belief in David Moyes. I think the Manchester United job was was too big for him uh, at the time that he got it. But I think that was Fergie's fault anyway, um, and, and he won't thank me for saying it. Uh, but, but, you know, I mean, Moyes now tend to want to be the first manager sacked. Give him a chance to get his feet under the table. You know, they've, um, uh, the, the, what they need to do with Sunderland now is... It, I, I don't think it helped, by the way, David saying, you know, we're going to be in a fight against relegation after two defeats. Mm-hmm. You know, and only two matches of the season. I think you've, you've got to be a bit more... You've got to be, have a bit more confidence in the ability of the team than that. Uh, but, you know, if you look at their sort of movements in the transfer market, they've, you know, they've sold Kabul to, to Watford, uh, you know, who, who is a good player. Uh, I, lo- I was looking at the lineup yesterday before the game started. I wasn't able to watch it, though, unfortunately. I had to go out. But, uh, you know, <clears throat> I see you had two guys in this starting lineup, uh, McNair and, and Love, who were sort of really Manchester United cast offs in a way. And he, he's been he's, he's scratching around to get players. You know he's got to do he has got to do something in the next uh, eight or nine days. He needs to bring players in. I don't know what I don't know what his budget is, but um, it's a sad situation. I mean, really, truthfully, they, they were they were no better. So they, you know, it wouldn't have surprised me if they'd gone down last year. It was only really Sam Sam performing a, a near miracle that kept them up. Um, mm. And I think, you know, if anything, Newcastle deserve to be in the Premier League this season rather than Sunderland. I know that won't go down well amongst, uh, <laughs> amongst the Mackhams, but I, I, I mean, that's what I, that's what I felt. And, I, and, and um, there wasn't, they didn't, what I saw of yesterday, they didn't really play with that much belief. And they've got it, didn't they? I think they're playing Shrewsbury, aren't they, in the, in the, in the League Cup this mm. week. They need to start something there. They need to win that and then get something going. Um, it's a tough league. But, I, you know, you, you look at David Moyes, and I've known David. You know, uh, I've known his ways and his means. And he, 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 he was a good manager at Everton. You know, you don't win manager of the year, uh, which he did, voted by his fellow managers like he did at Everton without having something to you. And um, he, will, he, will, he will try extremely hard. But he does appear to have his hands tied a bit uh, at the moment. We'll have to see what happens. I mean, if they can bring one or two people in over the next um, next seven or eight days, then maybe they can do something. But it's going to be tough for them, I think, this season. Nice to see Borough doing doing having a good start, isn't it? Yeah, well, I'd, you know, I'd, I'm, I was I was pleased that um, when Steve Gibson appointed Karanka, you know, because he's no real pedigree as a manager, had he? Before he came to uh, uh, to the borough, um, he, he, I think he, he he worked with the junior sides, didn't he, at, at yeah. Real Madrid? Yeah. Um, but he's um, I, I like I like his style. Let's put it that way. And um, I think that um, uh, they've got one or two decent players actually uh, that, that they've that they've brought in. Um, uh, and um, I think Negrado in particular. 
I know he's only on loan, but I think he's, 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 he'll, he'll do well for them this season. I think Borough will do all right. I think they'll finish mid to lower table, to be honest. Yeah, it's interesting what, when you watch... Uh, you know, I didn't think expect much of Middlesbrough because, you know, in this league you've got to buy strikers, and you know I think it's always nice to see a team that comes up from the Championship and stays for for a while, surprise everybody. It's a bit like Leicester in a way, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. I, I just mm-hmm. think it'd be nice. But um, um, what's your thoughts on on Big Sam? Because you know I think he I think him leaving Sunderland's left a massive. Like I, I've I've always been a fan myself of David Moyes, but. Um, but when Sam leaving there, he just seemed to have something which I think you said earlier you can tap into, yeah. and he just gets the best out of players. And the, the process of when he when he lost the, the job last time, um, you know, it's it's always interesting to see what happens, what goes on behind the scenes, and what the FA are looking for. And uh, but I just found that this time he was probably the only real choice that the FA could go to. Well, I think, I think to start off with, I think the FA decided they wanted an Englishman. Mm. Um, now, that left really only two outstanding candidates who were both interviewed, Steve Bruce and Sam. Uh, as I say, Sam, that hopefully the FA still have somewhere the, the, um, the notes on his interview the last time when they didn't <laughs> give him the job. Um, but but um, I think Sam, you know... There's so much difference between a club manager and a, and a national manager. Mm. You know, at club level, you live with players day by day. You know, you stand by who you buy and sell. You know, your, your transfers. There are all kinds of things that, that are important at a club that don't really matter in England. With England, you take it as read that he's getting 22 players who are the best in the country. You know, and we and we do. I mean, us three could write down now twenty-two players who we'd have in the England squad, and given all but three or four or five names, we'd have the same players. So you, yeah. you're getting you're getting the best players in the country. <clears throat> you don't need to prepare them in terms of fitness because you take it as read they arrive already fit. So what you've got to do is give them a strategy and a way of playing. And now Sam will do that. He's, he, he'll know exactly where the strengths and weaknesses of his opposition are. Uh, he's a very gregarious guy. The players will like him. I know that. They'll, they'll get on with him because he's down to earth. Um, and I don't think it matters that he wasn't an international player himself. You know, sometimes having an international, a former international, he's not all that good. I mean, I can remember the days when Glenn... Would in, in Bisham Abbey when they used to train at Bisham Abbey and he'd get he'd get a certain player to do something and his player would try and he'd say no I don't mean like that I mean like this and Glenn would do it because he he was a, he was an artist you know now that n- doesn't necessarily always work I think Sam is an imposing figure physically he's he's got a he, he's, he's got a presence about him I don't know whether he stood beside him he's a big bloke. And, um, and and I just think that he's got he's got something. I think it might they might just have hit the bullseye, and I'm hoping so because he deserves it. He's a lovely fella. I know he's already started um, 
with the, the the Joe Hart situation, you know, making it quite clear he's going to be in the next squad. Yeah. Um, how how do you think he's going to take that forward? Do you think that's going to depend very much on Hart's personal situation at Man City? Well, I, it, obviously, you need like a goalkeeper who's playing regularly, don't you? Yeah. I mean, otherwise, yeah. you're going to get a rusty goalkeeper. But, um, I mean, Hart is the best uh, we've got. Obviously, he doesn't fit Guardiola's style of play. I think Guardiola likes his goalkeepers to be like an extra defender. And Joe isn't that kind of goalkeeper. But he is a damn good goalkeeper. He's one of the best around. There's no doubt about that. And, um, <clears throat> and, I, and, I, and I would... I mean, obviously, if, if, um, if City are going to release him, which it looks likely, he'll get a, he'll get a club without, without question. Which one? Who knows? But you'll get a club that know that in the Premier League. And so, um, I know, I know I, you, you say as well about um, players like Sam Allardyce, and I have to say uh, I've spoken to a number of former players, not just from Newcastle, one in particular, one former Middlesbrough and Bolton player, um, who you speak to him and you speak to his family, and they all say, without, a sh- without even batting an eyelid, who's the best manager that you've, you've, you've been under? And they all say without a about batting an eyelid, Sam Allardyce, bang, yeah. out yeah. like that. Uh, and, mean, and I, I mean, I'm going to say this, I'm a United band, but I think Sam also learned a lot from Fergie because they're, they're very close mates. And right. uh, I think, I think um, you know, Sam took advice from, uh, from, 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 from Alex. Mm. Um, and, 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 you know, I mean, that, you're going to get sound advice from Fergie, you wouldn't give it. Uh, I'm not saying that's a reason why he's got the England job. I mean, I know Fergie was asked by the FA mm. who he thought they should go for. Uh, he was one of the people canvassed, and he said without hesitation, Sam. And, um, and uh, yeah, well, I mean, the proof is always in. With international football, it's always in the results, isn't it? You yeah. don't, um, there's no ifs and buts. If you're England manager, you've got to win. And, and that's the be all and the end all. Um, the friendlies don't matter in a, in a lot of ways. I mean, I always thought friendlies were a waste of time anyway. But but um, but in competition matches, if you win, you stay, you're success, you're lauded, the press love you, the public love you. If you lose, well, you know, you face inevitable. Sooner or later, you face the inevitable, don't you? You absolutely stand and fall by your results at international yeah. level every time. Absolutely. When you when you when you look at the England squad, do you think that um, he's going to bring in players that probably haven't played before? Uh, just, obviously, he's lost Andy Carroll, so do you think he's look, going to look to bring in a, a big man? Because even no, I, I think, think I think I think what he'll do, what what he'll do to start with, I I, I do believe is um, it, I think I think he'll take the players who are already in the squad. He may have an odd one up his sleeve. I don't know. I mean, I think he's announcing his captain tonight, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but um, he, I think he'll go with I think he'd be foolish not to you know as, as I said to you earlier on you know the best players we all know who the best players are more mm-hmm. or less yeah. he, he, will, he will have his own favourites who will want to bring in and blood slowly but I don't expect to see too many changes in personnel what I do expect is to see a few changes in the way we play do you yeah. think you'll find? Do you think you'll finally be an England manager who picks players on form rather than reputation? Yeah, well, I hope so. I, I mean, I think that yeah. I think that's Sam's way, to be honest. But you know, we, I, I, we, we, for many years now, we, we expect, if I dare say this, 
And I'm no different. I'm, you know, I'm only a fan who's, who used, used to use a typewriter for my third career. Yeah. But, 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 but we all want England to win. We, you know, we're all, we're all, we're all back England as much as we possibly can. The fact is that, you know, you look through, if you take the squad from every Premier League club um, existing and look through and see how many players are English and how many uh, are from overseas. And, you know, the actual number he's got to work on who could really be called potential internationals is probably about maximum 40, 45, maybe 50 uh, uh, top whack who are actually what I call international potential because it is a different game at international level. It is a step up. There's no question about that. And, uh, you know, some players have it and some players don't. And it's not just skill. It's your temperament. Have you got the right temperament for international football? You know, um, are, you a, are you a Lineker? Are you a Peter Beardsley? You know, I mean, Peter was a terrific England player toward the Newcastle Legends. And um, and and uh, these kind of guys, it wasn't only the fact they could play; it was the fact they could play in the big arena and on the big occasion. Mm. That's the key, isn't it? Getting them. That's the key. Getting them ready, making yeah. them play a certain way. Because in the end, if we are England, we we should do. I'll tell, I'll, I'll tell you. What, I'll give you a very good example here yeah. of, of players. And, and let's new. Let's use Newcastle mm. uh, because I'm going to talk about two players who both played centre-forward for Newcastle, Les Ferdinand and Alan Shearer. Now, Alan Shearer was a terrific player, wonderful player, great striker, no question about that. And he also had the temperament for the big occasion. Les, who was a terrific club player, when he got to England, different man. Looking for an injury, looking for a way out, looking not to... He didn't come up front like Shearer did, you know. Mm. Shearer would be the first in the queue if you want to take a penalty. You know, mm. Les wouldn't. And, and, and he is that different. A really good player, but when it came to international football, found it a bit too much. Ian Wright, great player with Arsenal, with England, scoring ratio, very poor. And it is, you have to have something more than just ability to be a successful international player. Yeah, I think there is there is definitely a mentality there, isn't there? There's definitely oh, yes. for the, for that next level, and I think you see it. You can see it from junior level all the way up. That the the ones that go on to succeed aren't always the most talented. Aren't always no. the ones that can do all the tricks and do all the things. It's the ones who are hungry enough, the ones who want it the most, who are absolutely driven and determined and single-minded. And I guess that must be the same stepping up the international level from from club level. Those who really want it, those who mentally are yeah. up for the fight. You had a few. I mean, uh, Gaza, Gaza wanted it all the time. Um, yes. Chris Waddle, despite his sort of lackadaisical look, Chris was a Chris had plenty of bottle. You know, he mm. was a good player, uh, Chris Waddle, for England and 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 for Newcastle. Um, and 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 as I say, you. So you're looking not just at the player's ability, you're looking at their personality, you're looking at their characters. Can you rely on them? Will they fulfill what you're asking them to do? You know, and these are the things, rather than buying and selling and sending a club out every, uh, you know, every Saturday or twice a week to play football, 
you, you sit back and you look at it and you, and Sam will be going around the country watching games, no question about that. You'll see him, you'll see him at matches everywhere this season, uh, just checking up on people. He will go for form, I'm pretty sure about that. I hope he does anyway. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm quite excited about England coming up. Well, that's great stuff. Thanks for coming out, Steve. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Yeah. You've made my day, I tell you. There's nothing like a good chat about football, is there? Exactly. I'll, I'll be well in touch said, again to, well get you on quite, to get you on, quite on again, OK? That yeah, no that problem. Tremendous. You, Thanks for coming. You know where I am on Twitter. You can always get me. <laughs> I will. Go <laughs> okay. Thanks, All Steve. All the best, boys. Take care now, mate. Bye. Bye now. Well, what a terrific guest, Steve Curry. He's been one of my uh, favourites for years now, and watching him uh, give it, he, he, he's got so much passion, and that brings well, in my next guest. <laughs> absolutely, mate. And you know what? I hope he doesn't mind us saying, someone who's old school, and these yeah. guys who, who are from the original old school football press, you go and spend an hour with John Gibson, mm. and you'll be enraptured in the meet, and you'll... He'll hang, uh, hang off his every word. Mm. Um, and, and that's because he's got that passion, the fire, and there's a whole host of them out there. And we're, for all we're in this immediate modern digital age, we can't forget them. Yeah, exactly. I agree completely. And that br- obviously brings in my next guest. When I finally get him in. It's uh, Steve Wraith. Uh, and Steve does everything. I don't even need to go down his list because his ego is as big as mine. So good evening, Steve. How are you? Hi, lad. How are you? Happy new season. <laughs> Yeah, so tell Hi, me, it's a, obviously you, you're you um, doing lots when you cast United and the boxing and uh, film, God, if, I, keep, I can't believe I'm saying all this, but anyway, um, with what, what Nick was talking about, there's been a sea change in the, the PR of Newcastle United, H- how has it affected you? Um, I think that's probably something you would never hear anybody say really you know that Steve Wraith's doing a lot when you calculate United but I think it's, it's, a, it's a positive and it's a big positive because it shows that you know in the words of Bob Dylan the times they are a changing um, it, 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 it's the revolution it's certainly in its early stages but um, you know I think that uh, you know I'd, I, I probably helped you know my, my reintegration back into the club um, by listening to people such as Neil and, and listening to Steve Hasty and listening to Bill Corcoran because those three lads of you know you know good friends of mine but all had you know massive amounts to do you know with with fan movements over the last ten years and you know without those three people you know being you know being able to pick the phone up or, or, or email those three guys I probably wouldn't have been in this position I mean I you know I've got I have got my own mind of course but you know I've I've listened to them along the way they've always been there for a bit of help a bit of guidance and. Um, you know, I've, I've kept my mouth shut essentially for 18 months and, you know, that's mm. something which some people would be delighted about. So that people feel as if I should still be making my mouth go about Newcastle United. But, you know, every uh, you know every so often you, you have to make a decision. And I, I reinvented myself 18 months ago, decided not to, not to, not to you know, not to you know, burn my Newcastle top and protest as much. And uh, the club have welcomed me back into the fold, if you like. And, and that's a positive. It, it is a positive. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to build on that. And as you say, doing events at St. James's Park is, is the start. Uh, but, um, you know, hoping to have, uh, you know, a, a lot longer relationship with Newcastle now uh, now that I'm back in back in with them. But it's, it's all positive, Andrew, all positive. I think that's the most important part, isn't it? Because, um, you know, you, it doesn't bear thinking about, does it really? If if the fans who went to that last game of the season, no one were relegated, which is hard, really hard to watch your team getting put down, in, in essence, by Sunderland. 
it's a double yeah. it was a double whammy, wasn't it? And then the fans go there, and you don't think, quite know what's going to happen. I think you know, Andrew. You know, last season, last season is, is, is you know, it's history now. You condemn it to the history books. I, I mean, Sunderland fans, you expect them to say that they sent us down, but you know, let's face it, we, we went down because of our form throughout, down. The, throughout, yeah. throughout the whole season. Yeah, and I mean, our away form was, was terrible, and you know, up until the win against Bristol City, you know, uh, Rafa hadn't been able to pick up a win on the road either. So, so that 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 in itself is a turning point, but. You know, one thing you can never question in Newcastle United is the, is the fan support, and certainly since you know the the ninety two ninety three season, and you know the promotion and Kevin Keegan's you know second coming, um, you know the fans the fans have backed Newcastle United you know time and time again. I mean, you know Neil and I can and certainly Andrew can remember you know before that you know we were up mm. at the gate of you know twenty one twenty two thousand, but that probably had a lot to do with the social economy and, and stuff like that back in the day. But but since then you know people have got a little bit more expendable cash and, and, and people want to come to the game and want to go to the match it's become part of their social routine and, and crowds of you know, 36,000 before the club, you know, before the stadium was developed, and now, you know, on on a regular basis, 50,000 50, plus crowds have become the norm, and, and it's because people get into our habits, and and I think it's fantastic, you know, your first two home games to have, you know, just short of, of, of a capacity there for, for you know for your opening games is, is, is absolutely fantastic, and uh, it's a testament to the support from the from the players, but it's also a testament to the club's ability to to turn that PR around, and and I still point back. It's, I think if you know if we get back into the Premier League at the first time of asking, which is a, it, it is a big ask because it's a tough division. I still think the pivotal moment in this in our club's history and the pivotal moment in Mike Ashley's you know time at Newcastle will be the 24th of May last year when he came out and spoke to the you know to, to the fans via Sky when we managed to stay up um, and, and not get relegated when we beat West Ham 2-0 and. That that day is, will be pivotal in our history. I said that when it, when it happened, and I, and I still stand by because I think Mike Ashley saw the light then and realised what he's got to do to get this club, you know, you know working for him and work and, and ultimately working with the supporters. He, he he gets it now. He understands it. And um, bringing Rafa in was a was a great move. Um, and if he gets the opportunity to do what he wants to do behind the scenes, you know, with, with with the academy, with the, you know, with with the way that things fed into the club and the way things are fed out, and, and gets to improve the first team, you know, accordingly, if if he does manage to get back to the first time of asking, I think we've got a huge opportunity to take this club, you know, you know, yeah. further than it's ever been. Well, it's, it's it's the Rafa pro- project again. Yeah, we'll come back to that word, and it very much feels like he's just being given the keys to the kingdom, which was what I understood was part of the deal. I think you hit the nail on the head as well, Steve, that there's been a lot of hard work done probably over the last 10 years trying to rebuild bridges and trying to, instead of kicking doors down, knock on them politely and extend a hand. And um, there's a lot of work being done behind the scenes by a lot of other people. Um, Stuff that people don't realise is being done and said uh, to try and get the club to work um, with the fans rather than be, you know, it's not that long ago, I remember you coming into St. James's Park seeing you being escorted the other way on the word of Mr. Lambayas, if, if I remember right, Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> thinking, well, what the hell's going on here? Something strange is going to happen. And, and, and we've lost that confrontational edge. Now, some of that is because we've had the hope strangle out of where. And finally, we've been allowed to hope again. But now, 
the attitude, certainly now, now with the distance, and as I've said before, it, it, as an expat fan, as we reach out, because we don't have access to all the information all the time as much as we did, because you don't get as much coverage outside of the Premier League. Yeah. It's almost it, in certain parts of this region that anything below the Premier League doesn't exist. It's quite mm-hmm. weird. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's it, 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 it it testimony of the club. You talk mm. about reaching out and, and, and that as well, and, and that's been you know another thing which I've done. I mean, you know, for a long time, you know, the fans groups had been against each other, and mm. I took a look at my role in that and how you know how how maybe my relationship has affected things, and you know, certainly certainly over the last you know seven or eight months, I, I made a point of you know not mentioning names, of going out and, and certainly meeting various people and and trying to you know try to find out you know whether whether we could repair the damage, and that's been done as well, and you know you know people people. Who know you know what's gone on in the past know that those bridges have been uh, you know mended and and I think that's worked massively certainly in the case of you know, you know the Gallagher flags um, campaign because mm, absolutely you know, you see, certainly you know, people who were, were working against each other um, you know in the past were now all you know maybe not working hand in hand but certainly all pushing the same project whereas in the past. It was a, it was almost like an egotistical thing. Well, this is our project. You've got nothing to do with this, and you know yeah, we don't really. want anything to do with that. If it's them, very very you know school school you know schoolyard kind of stuff. Whereas now that Gallagher project, the Gallagher flag project, is the first thing which I can remember in a long time where the entire fan base has been behind it. On you know, and social media is a big thing. We've said it's not it's a small demographic of our support, but you know the fact is. All of the major faces and, and those people who control the different accounts, etc., were all behind one particular scheme. I thought it was great. I actually got a real buzz out of just seeing that happen, and I wasn't involved in it other than tweeting it, retweeting, and you know, making a donation like most people did. But you know, I think that, that in itself was a big point there to say, look, you know, the fans are actually united now, and I think that can only be a massive plus point moving forward. You know. Well, you're quite right, Steve. It got a little bit to the point of where it was the the, the, the people's front of Judea and the Judea's people people's front, wasn't it? It was it had become a little bit. Um, but as I've said repeatedly, ad infinitum and much to everybody's boredom, probably getting Newcastle fans together is at times like herding cats. They've got to yep. be persuaded. They've got to be um, people have got to buy into it, and if they're not going to buy into it. If you if you dictate and say you do this, because you, you'll probably usually get a two-word answer, yeah. and and that's not because they don't necessarily agree with you. It's because they feel like they've not had a chance to buy into it and be heard. And I think when you get something, when we all do, and you're right, it's not necessarily even pulling together. It's just backing the same thing because that's what we do week in week out. Once the whistle goes, we all back the same thing. We're just all back it in our own little ways. It's why, historically, travel clubs and things like that have never worked at Newcastle United. You, you and I, again, both had interaction with buses and bus companies and people putting buses on. And this one won't go on that bus because this one smells and that one says funny things. And it's like, oh my God, just everybody do what you want to do. And it just becomes um, so frustrating. So it's really good to see sort of unification on many levels. Because that's nice. what we've all been wanting for ages. Yeah. It was nice when, uh, Steve, that um, you were there at St. James' Park with um, a, a ball that was uh, given to you by by Rafa himself uh, regarding Pavel Cernicek. That was a really nice touch, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, 
the first thing that Rafa did when he came to Newcastle, you know, and, and, and was was get his, his men behind the scenes, the guys who you know run his diary, etc., mm-hmm. to, to make meetings. And I was honoured really to have a phone call um, from you know this guy who essentially has been a, a good friend and mentor to Rafa for about 15, 16 years now. And he mm-hmm. his job is to get into the community, speak to different people, and he'd obviously kept an eye on, on various stuff that I'd done, doing his homework, if you like, you know, with with ex-players. Then he just he rang me up and said, look, is there any chance of having a, a coffee with you? Went for a coffee with him, and mm-hmm. and and so far we're in a position where you know I've I've got a, a great a great opportunity to be able to you know if I want to speak to Rafa, if I want to get in and, and, and see him, then that's not a problem. You don't you know you don't have uh, any issues in in asking him to get involved in community stuff. And I think we saw that with with the Pavel Cup. You know the mm-hmm. the Pavel Cup. He backed it. He came out and the club released a statement and they you know Rafa wished us all the best with that. And you know that was a massive that was a massive massive thing. But then obviously you know getting an invite up to the game uh, you know last week and being able to take my dad up and and you know sit with these people and have a chat about you know different things that they wanted to do and you know it was just great and you know I get requests all the time people wanting you know a signed shirt or a signed ball and and for them to be able to you know for me to be able to say well yeah just drop it off at our office and, and we'll take that up and you know we, we'll get that sorted so Rafa Rafa signed the, the shirts and, and whatever for, for these two charities which was great but yeah we got to the table last weekend just a lovely touch it was in the, the heroes lounge and, and the mm-hmm. table that they booked us on there was the palace and the check table you know and the um, Rafa had, Rafa had you know made, made sure that that was a table that you know that, that they had and they've got that for the full season um you know they they, they you know they're going to bring different people on but he tapped straight into the he tapped straight into the you know you know the public feeling about Pavel and you know he, he embraces legends I mean you know it was nice when we had Nobby Solano here obviously I you know represent Nobby these days and to be able to bring Nobby in and, and just get him in up to the club it's something they haven't been doing for a long time bringing the legends in and, and taking them round and Newcastle had the game and you know, Rafa wanted to see Nobby after the game, so you know Nobby got down to see him, had a quick chat with him, and you know got a photograph with him, and just nice, nice that the the they're remembering the history again, they're bringing them in, and we've had all this negativity about you know you know ignoring the history, you know the the pulling down of the Shearer sign, the you know the binning of all the old team photographs in a skip, and all of this being you know you know covered in the in the local media in a particular way because you know this is Newcastle forgetting about the history and concentrating on the now, but now been a big turnaround and Rafa believes in the history, he understands how important the history is to the supporters and you know how certain players are you know are very very popular still and you know they, these people should never have forgotten because it's the fabric uh, you know of the club and you know that's a massive positive and you know obviously for me it's good because running my company Newcastle Legends mm-hmm. I, you know I specialise in, in those kind of events so mm-hmm. it's only right that we work together and um, you know whether it's doing it as a you know a talking to the fans whether we're doing something for charity whatever it's just good that the club now can can at least and, and those people behind the scenes at the club can come to me and say look Steve can we work with you can we work yeah. together yes we can because you know yet you, you know there's no issues with you now and, and that's good and, and i am still comment commentating um i've seen I've it yeah. comment, I, i've learned to commentate a lot less you know with a lot less bias and, and and certainly i've got to i've got to have like a, a professional hat on you know I, you know I, when, when when i presented this show you know obviously i could say you know more or less what i wanted within within legal reason but i'm doing the northeast football show now so i'm, I'm obviously commentating on newcastle sunderland middlesbrough and the non-league and obviously looking at Hartlepool and darling as well so 
it's, it's, it's another it's another way of you know of progression for me. But but I'm enjoying it, and um, you know certainly means that I can bring more legends back to Newcastle for, for fans to come and meet and see. So it's good. Life life's good for me at the moment, and and hopefully life will continue to be good for for, for me as a Newcastle fan and everybody else because you know after the two defeats, we, you know we've now had you know back to back wins, and, and hopefully we can continue that over the next few weeks. Are they starting to? The one thing I think would be a a good idea uh, is when you know when it comes to the the match being on, if they could not get like Mark McDonald, um, Nobby, I suppose, some of the legends, Rob Lee, uh, in around the club on match day. Is that happening? Uh, no, they do. Yeah, team? I mean, I mean, Don Beresford obviously still does. You know, still does his. Um, he still takes the legends into you know to certain parts of the ground. What they tend to do in, in the different corporate suites is they'll, they'll, they'll now usually get a, a current player. So when we were in last week, they had um, uh, Justin Lockwood in uh, the radio presenter and the guy who does the on-pitch stuff at half-time. They had him in with Mitrovic, so it was interesting to hear Mitrovic. He, he looked a lot leaner and slimmer as well than he did last season. So the training, the training has been going well for him but they had him in and, and sometimes it's nice to see a modern player you know and, and hear the stories that he's got to tell but, yeah. but you know these you know they do have the ex-players in Darren Peacock um, another one of my um, you know my, my lads he, he gets in and does regular stuff in from James's Park as well Malcolm and I do um, do the after match now at the mm. nine bar which used to be Shearer's in the ground we do like a, a post-match talk in there now every match day every home game on a, on a Saturday um, so you know it, it, they are integrating the legends back, and, and that in itself it, it, again is a positive because certainly after the you know after the, the you know the first two games saw Newcastle you know lose you know the Fulham and the Huddersfield games you know Malcolm and I couldn't be, we, we couldn't really be positive um, mm. but you know we we went in there we had, we had to basically you know see where we felt it had gone wrong you know and, and where we felt there was room for improvement and you know you know had Rafa picked the right side but. That's what it should be like, you know. At the end of the day, game, you know, football itself is about opinions. And um, you know, Malcolm, Malcolm wore the number nine shirt with, you know, with, with pride. He's a hero to many, many people, and his opinion, you know, is, you know, is, you know, just as valid, if not more valid, than than, than many others. And um, it's, it's always good to hear what he's got to say. So, so yeah, they're very much with the legends again, and that that's massively important, Andrew, because as it shows, it they are in touch with their history, you know. Well, we'll try and get uh, Malcolm on here and also yeah, John sure Gibson. Will. I'll try and... Uh, yeah, because well, I know if, if, anything, if Steve Curry's anything to go by, I'm sure the, the, the lines would uh, go up in the air when, when, if, if I get uh, Mr. Gibson on. It's but, just, um, just trying to shut him up once you get him started. <laughs> well, that's problem. it, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, Gibbo's greatness, I heard you say there before, Neil, he's a, he's a font of information, you know, certainly with everything black and Aye. white, you know. He's, he's, he's just somebody who's got a vast amount of knowledge, some great contacts, and, and obviously he does a lot of the... He, does, he works a lot for me with, with regards to the shows because, you know, there's nobody knows Newcastle United better than John Gibson. Some of these tales are unbelievable, they are. The, 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 you just sit there, mouth open, just thinking, oh my gosh, yeah, really? Um, some, some of them as well, which you couldn't use on this radio show, Andrew. <laughs> oh, absolutely not, yeah, that's <laughs> too right, yeah. So, what, are you two trying to do something with the darts in the Middle East? What's going on with that? Well, I think me and Neil are always in, me and Neil are always in touch. More boxing than darts, you know. We, we, you know I'm boxing we'll, we'll get 
one deal will get me. To get a show on here. It's, it's something which will happen. I mean, I've you know I managed to I managed to flex me me passport and get out to um, get out to Gibraltar this year. We've had a couple of events, you know, you know, out out there. I took Keith Gillespie out there for a, for a show with Newcastle yeah, and Manchester cool, United yeah. fans, and very well, yeah, it was great. I mean, it's it's nice to go to a different country and and, and do something, you know, and yeah. uh, you know, I, I feel that it's something which we will get off the ground. It, it essentially it comes down to getting the right person at the right price, and yes. um, you know, and, and there's a lot of hard work. I think you know people realize you know people realize once they come to and maybe work a little bit with me they realize how much goes into these things it's not simply a case of you know picking the phone or booking the player and uh, mm-hmm. and then it just all happens and everyone leaves with a with a vast amount of money you know it's it's still it's still a big risk putting events on even even in the uk you know it's it's, it's a huge it's a huge risk so you know it has to be right you have to get the right people involved but um you know it, it's you know room wasn't built in a day and i'm sure we will get out across to the to the middle east at some point and, and do something with neil it will be great and uh won't be for the lack of trying i can tell you that <laughs> won't be for the lack of trying well no, i think no, I mean, <laughs> yeah i think it's gonna be interesting because um obviously uh, there might be something happening in the movie we're going to talk about that later, me and Neil, but um, you never know. I've told you before, I'm going to get you to LA, and I always do what I say I'm going to do. Well, it's good. I'm just, I'm just pleased that the show's still going, Andrew. You've done a cracking job yourself and Neil, and um, you know, I, I tune in when I can. It's good to hear you know, different people's views, and you're getting a vast array of people on these days, which is, which is yeah. really good. So, uh, you know, fair play to you. You've, uh, you've kept Tune Talk going, and um, it, it's a credit to you both. Thank you very much, Steve. Thanks for coming on yes, tonight. Steve. And we'll, we'll catch care, you lad. next time. Thanks a lot, mate. Cheers. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Thanks, Bye-bye. Thanks Bye-bye. a lot. Bye-bye. Well, great to have uh, two great guests on so far this evening, Ed. Neil, quite very, very good. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah. Good and to catch just... up with Steve, other than by uh, random emails at random times of the day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, had the, I just had Keith on the phone, and he seems to have gone a, a very... A mon- he's gone off the... He's gone off, so... So you had your sausage fingers bashing buttons again. <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe it wasn't me, I'm not your sure. Case. <laughs> he will, he'll be in your case. He I want to buy you a pair of little toffee hammers and just hammer the keys with them instead. Do less damage. Yeah, exactly. Because you never, you never know how this show is going to go. Here, he's, he's back now. So, uh, on this, on this, on the Sunderland perspective of what's gone wrong uh, with the club and the the players leaving, some players coming in. I bring you Keith from Sunderland. Good evening, Keith. How are you? Hi, Andrew. How are you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. We've obviously got Neil uh, yes, Mitchell coming from yeah, Dubai as well. Yeah, good Keith. evening, Neil. Good evening, <laughs> my friend. Being better, but there we go. Yeah. <laughs> so give me... <laughs> what's, done with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what, what's been... Uh, what's your take? Because it's been quite... A, well, it's been turmoil last week, a week for Sunderland, hasn't it? Well, I remember last week we were on, and, and to be honest, previous caller Steve was on, and I actually mentioned how he had slated Kilbola, and I said, but you know how he played well, and you were saying, who who would I think we should get in? I didn't see Kilbola leaving, and mm. bang, the next day that's it. There was a, a deal in the papers, and uh, by the end of the week he was gone. So that's moving away from the Coney situation. Mm. Coney's new new fight had. Don't know what it consists of. Is it peer and centre for later? I don't know, but I don't know. This for me, something seems to be lacking with Mr. Moyes. He's saying, "Well, what what's expected to change?" Every manager we brought in as a firefighter to save over the last four years has mm-hmm. come in and says, "Yeah, I've come here to do a job and to rescue and and make things happen." And it actually has 
been achieved by each and every one of them. Sam being a prime example, he didn't even have look through the transfer window. He came in, mm. luckily, in good time, but he had to muddle on with what he had. It took him a while to taxi straight. Now players like Kabul get Van Arnold back playing, and, and his January window proved good. I'm hearing Moyes being negative, saying, well, why should we expect too much to change? Well, Sam did, and he actually achieved it. He achieved change. He achieved a change in culture, mentality, team spirit was lifted. So I don't get what David Moyes is saying in regarding turmoil. It's his job to... I don't know. Not, why do we need a reality check? Goodness me. We live on, on Tyneside between Tyneside and Wearside. There's enough banter that we know exactly how bad our team is doing without our manager popping out two days and two games of the season and letting we know. We're aware of that, but one to from him is, I had to struggle. Yeah, you've had injuries. Yeah, you've had a few guys wanting away. But on the upside, what you got to all this down yeah, God knows what six-figure salary. You mm. tell us why here, yeah, you know. So um, mm. I'm probably more than lost. I said, bring us back on when we play the match. I've probably got yeah, that one wrong. I'm no further forward. Was shite yesterday. First <laughs> off, yeah. Second half, slight improvement, which you'd expect in a derby of a sort. We picked up a little bit, but it wasn't through style. We banged on the door for a short time, but that soon ended. You know, we need to keep on knocking along at the very least to get an equaliser, but we reverted the type, and the, the second half of the second half was only marginally better than the first. You know, we never threatened them. They weren't brilliant. The two good goals, certainly. The first one was a, a very decent strike, but, you know, the, as a team... You know, they, they weren't unbeatable, goodness me. So I had a pretty, pretty flat feeling, and after his uh, post-match conference, I felt even worse. I think, like, you know, roll on the next game. I mean, you, you've, hit, you've hit the nail on the head, though, Keith. Really, when people come out and tell them that, that there's a there's a bad no team out there, uh-huh. everybody everybody in the northeast who follows football knows a bad team when we see one, because we've seen enough uh-huh. of them. We've yeah, seen and suffered enough of them, and, and I was, I, you know, from my comments on Twitter yesterday, I was flabbergasted to hear Moyes come out and say what he said. I'm uh-huh, thinking, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I believe, and it's interesting. Steve Curry touched on this about Rafa um, early on about how he knew how to use the press because he'd managed in Spain and he knew how to use the press there. This is one thing that Moyes got wrong when during his time in Spain. He got slated by the press almost from day one because he did exactly the same kind of thing um, in Spain. Come out and called the team, you know, it ran the, the confidence of the team down. And it's, and it's like, I, look, I looked at that, that comment and thought, are you just writing your resignation already? The only trouble is they don't know what to sack him because he's not, not playing us this season. So you kind of go, oh, there's Newcastle, we'll sack him two games before then. So, uh, Chief, it's, it's two games. It's two games in. It's not like he's going to he's going to be allowed to bring in other players. I'm sure he's going to be allowed to bring in various players. But even I'm sure you know, Keith. It's two games in. Come on, it's well. That's you know, news. Last week, what the difference the week is, Newcastle. Yeah, it? exactly. It's a long dark tunnel. But you you put a couple of results together, and all of a sudden it's rosy. For yourselves, or certainly a damn sight better. better. So, look, at it can't turn. I'm not saying Moises is a complete idiot as a manager. He must have something. And he, you know, he landed the man new job based on a, a good, good time at Everton. So, look, I don't get that. I just don't get how he could come out in such a, 
a lack of fighting voice, the way he was saying. I mean, Sam would never do that. He would be probably more realistic, but also humorous with it as well. He just lacked everything. He lacked passion. He lacked humor. He lacked positivity for himself to say, look, yeah, it has been four years worth of, like, narrowly avoiding it. But on the upside, I've got a couple of plans where I'm hoping to pull off. And also, when I get a few couple of lads back from injury, the picture will look a bit better. But, yeah, you know, expect a bit of a struggle, but I'm, I'm here to put that right. He come out, no, he says, there's going to be a struggle and deal with it. I'm thinking, well, yeah, we'll have to deal with it. Well, I'm not, I'm not on the wage he's on, which must be 250, 300 a week, or God knows what. You know, some people don't make that in a lifetime, man. He's, he's got he's got off on more than that as his mm. defence this year. Yeah, it's a struggle. I know which players were missing and I know which players he's had to lose. Mm. But the fact is, he brought in Pino. He has had some time. He hasn't like had the time that Allardyce had Mm. Uh, of working with the players and then being able to buy a few in January, he's been able to buy even if it's just a few weeks worth. Let's face it, the the Sam Allardyce to England um, story dragged on a few weeks. Now I don't think the day that Sam got appointed was the first conversation someone had with Moyes. He was alerted to the situation, so he might have had his pencil and paper out working on who he might get in should he land the job. So, you know, he even had a week or so head start, if not longer, prior to actually getting the official nod. So, I, I don't get what he's saying. I think, like, he is responsible to a degree, yeah. You, you don't know behind the scenes, or his hands tied with budget. But he's had the chance to buy some players. And, to be honest, Love and McNair, I mentioned last week, they, were, they weren't first-teamers. So, they, were ne- they might be good players. Don't get us wrong. And, I, again, hope I'm proved wrong. But... They're not going to come straight into a Premier League match and play and just, just bounce off each other. It's just not going to happen. The same with that uh, Papi uh, from Chelsea. He actually didn't have too bad of a game. You know, he, he didn't have any nightmare um, caught out position or bad decisions. He was decent, but he's not going to gel. The whole central defence and well, the whole back four disappeared with O'Shea in the, in the first half injury. So he knew where you had to get people. He just needed to pinch somebody more senior from somewhere. Even if it was a short-term loan, he hasn't done that. He's, he must be better in the marketplace than what he's shown so far. Um, and I don't know I don't know where we'll go next. Just hope for uh, Catamore to come back fighting fit. Kirchhoff to kick off again where he left off. And let's hope Moyes has got like some plot where he's playing it down. But he's got two or three superstars up his sleeve. I doubt it very much, but that's all I can hope for. <laughs> but the thing is, do you not think he was just being, you know, it's a bad word to use in football, is it? Do you not think he was just being a bit honest when he he was asking the question? He, he says he wants to try and get away from the culture of avoiding relegation. And he's brought in a couple of players, but, you know, getting players to Sunderland, it's, it's always going to be a hard sell. Well, it is. That's the whole of the North East. But I mean, it's mm. London that really only attracts them. Unless it's then Man United, Man City was a colossal oil money. But mm. the fact is, there are players out there. Let's face it. There's some Championship players who've been found. We're not talking about you know being the worst place in the world because there's, there's players do play in far less places. They get unearthed. It's their job to find them. So I, I don't go along with that totally. The money that's around. I would play anywhere, you know, pretty much. Uh, if I was that lucky, you you would get a player to play. That's not the issue. Regarding his honesty, I'm going back to where I started from. He could be honest, and, and, and if he did want to reiterate, yeah, we've well, been last four years, it's going to be tough. 
but he's got to have exactly the word I've just used. Uh, but the upside is, I'm planning X, Y, and Z. He doesn't have to show his hand and name names, but he can see a little bit and give some positive message to the fans because you rest assured, those players will be watching those interviews because they're on a loop on Sky and on social mm-hmm. media. Those players can't have a lift if that was his view, thinking struggles on the cards and the gaffers thinking like that. It was his whole tone and lack of mm-hmm. battle cry that two games in the season. Yes, it is very early. So why is he taking such a negative stance? Just you look at it was bad. I had few players gone, a few injuries, which I'm going to hope will improve. And to that, I'm going to add to it. It's always going to be a struggle, but I'm going to sort it. That's what I'm here for. I'm confident. He, he didn't even use the word confident about anything. It was so negative. And as he Sam coming in, uh, what was it, last last year, September, October, was just a complete not a godsend. And he, he he said, well, what can I do? It's what Moises said. Well, what could Sam do? Ranieri changed the culture straight away, didn't he? Mm-hmm. But shockingly, by the way, but it is possible to turn the team's fortunes round. And uh, why why does Moises not think it's possible? He's, he's took the job. I'd love to have sat in the interview and he said, he must have had some game plan. And he seems to have, like, literally through the telling of the two games on that one press conference I hope he's thinking different at home and in the tra- training ground and in his office he's got some better plans than he put out yesterday that was shocking for me mm. and his Le- team I've I put out was weak I've got Lee Johnson on the line now have you got anything to add on the Sunderland issue because obviously you, you live quite close to there <laughs> you are, oh, I live quite, quite, quite close to Sunderland yes I do <laughs> Adam you've, got quite, <laughs> you've got quite a few friends there. Are you, do you think um, like, like Keith, Keith said I think with Big Sam leaving it's been a it's the club is kind of a little bit imploding never mind losing Big Sam never mind losing Allardyce uh, I'll not call him Big Sam um, never mind losing Allardyce um, I think the, the key is losing these two centre-halves uh, I think that was yeah, kind of yeah. the rock ball that Allardyce started on last season Kabul and Coney. Um, I know Coney hasn't gone yet, but I think the writing's on the wall there. And that will be that'll be a huge loss for them because I think Solid Foundation, certainly after mm-hmm. the new year when someone picked up and form wise they didn't really lose them a lot of games. They drew a lot, but they kept a lot of clean sheets and I think it was built on the on the on the bed of them too, to be honest. Uh, mm-hmm. so they're gonna be absolutely a massive loss for them. Massive. Is that Paddy Bloke um, is he a central defender, Keith? <laughs> Again, yesterday, he's, he's a defender, and I think he played yeah. right away across the back four, but yesterday, they were dropping Rodwell, and it, it was hard to, to judge him on his position yesterday, mm-hmm. because obviously with the early loss of O'Shea, mm-hmm. I don't know what position McNair was actually meant to play. I think he's been played as right-back initially last week, and he got a little bit of right-back position yesterday, then there was the back four just was obviously zigzagging all over, mm-hmm. purely because... Obviously, we lost O'Shea mid, mid, uh, in fact, less than midway through the first half. So, he got pulled in with Rodwell, more central. So, I think he can play all, all four positions. That's if he can play it all. But again, the history of him, it's, I know nothing of the fella. Yesterday, it's hard to judge him because we're all over the shop yesterday. We lost two solid central defenders, correct, in Coney and Cabal. They were rock, rock solid. You've got to remember, Yedlin's gone from there. He hasn't came back. He's his parent club Spurs. So our, our right-back's missing as well. Three of our back four from last season are missing. So it's not just Conan Cabal, but then Kirchhoff, who just sits in front of them, he's missing as well through injury. 
it was a it, it was a bad game to judge anyway, and I said that at the start of coming on here. I would hate to actually come on today and now even I'd say I look forward to it after my first game. <laughs> it's hard to judge. The, the team was all over the shop. He was forced to make changes. That's why I'm not being harsh on Moyes as a manager. Mm. I'm sure he's got something about him. It was his, his comments afterwards that sort of caused concern. I'm thinking, is that all you've got to offer? Because what he should have said, like Lee's just mentioned, we're two great guys. It is a big loss, but I'm in the market for it. Certainly one centre-back is what he should have nailed on the head. That's what I'm going for. He should have said that's what I mean. Because if he comes in with two wingers, and they're both left wingers, well, that, that would just show him up as a clown. But he, he must have something in the centre-back <laughs> position. He's got to. He's, he cannot not. Because the two of them have been dragged away effectively through family reasons and obviously through an agent and money for the corner situation. So we've lost two giant, like, brick shithouses, to be honest, of centre-half. <laughs> and... We're left with nothing. We've, we've got a skinny lad from Chelsea who hasn't been playing regular. Mm-hmm. What chance did I have yesterday? So, my review of yesterday was pretty poor. The only good thing is for you guys, for your bit of fun and banter was, it was live on TV, so you got to see it yourself. <laughs> nothing yeah. I'm telling you is new. Yeah. And uh, the previous caller... Uh, yeah, I haven't seen it out here. Uh, exactly. <laughs> the, the previous caller, I believe, the Dawson boxing promoter, I know nothing about football. <laughs> he chose to take the chat last night, the chat that was... And I got some people crawling on the rocks from on the rocks just to join in the beat. And God knows who we are, but anyway, that's life, isn't it? Same side. Well, give you, give me need a. Need not worry. Need not worry. You'll turn into Barcelona, idiot. Didn't worry about that. Yeah, I was doing. <laughs> so give me a man of the match for Sunderland, and then we'll obviously I'll, I've talk, I'm going to talk to Lee now. But but uh, ah, give me a man of the match God. for Sunderland. Tough one, that like I would have to say. Pino, even though I'm gutted we're relying on a 34-year-old man, didn't put out a bad display. And uh, Papier didn't put out a bad display for a debut in a team that was all the sixes and sevens. That's the best I can come up with. And to be honest, I'd give them six for effort at best, you know. Uh, nobody got a, a seven from Len. Seven. It didn't happen. They were all six and subpar. Van Arnholt was poor but grabbed the goal. So you've got to thank them for that kept on going but that's it I've got to say Pino had to maybe pinch a six the rest was downhill I look forward to speaking to you next week yeah uh, hopefully it'll be better no, Andrew Andrew by the way yeah uh, playing a week a week today I'm at the Everton game of course uh, sorry oh, it's two weeks today uh, I'm at Everton so I can talk next week after Southampton but I'm busy trying to have this relegation struggle that Moises warned us about that, that I didn't see coming so I need to get down early to give the lads all the support they can get. I was <laughs> beat in that mid-August. It's gonna be it's gonna be the new Everton versus Everton 2006. <laughs> oh God, I Everton pensioners like the Chelsea pensioners that you Joseph 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 coming in next. <laughs> oh hey, listen, hey, I'm gone. Me, you enjoy your chat. Leave me over and out. I'm gonna just go right, and say <laughs> <laughs> see, see you, Neil. See you later. See you. Take care, mate. Ta ra He's always good copy. He's, his, his, he's his off for a couple of volume, isn't he? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we were the same last week before the two wins. So it's the same. It, it goes around in circles. So, t- so tell me, Lee. What was obviously we're we're more upbeat. We're more positive. What's been your take? Apart from me losing your bet, but like, what's been your take from um, um, Newcastle's last two games? Well, we needed those two wins. Um, 
uh, wedding day was the first time I'd been this season because obviously I missed uh, the first home game and the first half was a struggle. It was a struggle. We didn't play very well at all. Um, we actually we didn't play well in the 90 minutes. We ended up winning the game 4-1. I think it was probably probably flattered us a little bit, but we got the job done. And as we were talking about last week, we needed to get that monkey off our back away from home. And it didn't it didn't matter how we did it. And the fact we did it, we did it one 0 with a resolute defensive display. Absolutely delighted us. And people going over the top with our first two games, we lost them. I had a lot of Macrams retweeting me saying "revolution, revolution," even though I've never used that particular term. So I had a little bit of fun with that last night and just saying, "I hope you." You've lost your first two games now. We hope you can bounce back and win your next two. And that's exactly what we've done. So we've showed a bit of character. And I think the, the big thing that uh, pleased me uh, Saturday was the clean sheet. Mm. And the fact that mm. you, can't guess his, you, can't guess, you can't guess his team neither because we won, we won 4-1 on Tuesday night. And you didn't think, sorry, Wednesday night. You didn't think he'd made changes, but he made about five. And he obviously brought Lascelles back in. And I was chuffed as hell that young man was part of the clean sheet that day because he was getting a little bit of unfair stick, from, in my opinion, given the fact he's 22-year-old, he's took on the captaincy of the club, he was outstanding towards the end of last season, we played two games, yes, we'd lost two games, but come on, man, give, give the team a chance, we're trying to, you know, we're trying to adapt to a new league, and it was always going to take time, so I'm absolutely delighted this week that we're now sitting on six points, two points off automatic promotion. Mm. What do you think, Neil, because um, I think, uh, br- the, the good thing is, I think for both, firstly, I'll go to you first, Neil, but, um, the fact that he's he's able to take players in, take players out when the, the, there are mistakes, I think it's a positive, isn't it, uh, Neil? Right, well, we've been decrying the squad for a lack of depth for ages. And that's why he's brought in some of the players he's brought in, the raised eyebrows, Kieran Clark. Everybody say, oh, well, hang on, he wasn't that really that good at Valerian, this, that and the other. But he's, he's, he's played two games, he's played two different positions. And he's been brought in to add depth to that squad. And I think you'll find he's going to play horses for courses every game. I don't think you'll play the same team two games in the bounce. I think you'll find he'll change every game for a situation. Because I suspect he's got, every, he's got a plan for everything. And I know talking to lads who are, have been every game so far, they're all saying we can see certain patterns in some of the things they're trying to do. And it doesn't matter who's in what position those patterns are still there and we need a squad this is a hard division it's a long season there's lots of games that come thick and fast he's got to be able to do that so why not do it from the off let's not get there say in November and suddenly find you've got to make four or five changes because they're enforced mm. let's keep the squad fresh let's rotate get, let's get players used to playing together see what combinations work See what combinations don't work so well. So you can actually got an opportunity to tweak it and change it. And I'm all for that. I still think we're light of a striker. I still think we're light of a wide man. And I still think we're light that it would appear, because we've been chasing this Galloway lad, that Rafa feels we still need a, another left fullback. And so yeah, and now that chase is over, we're looking for other targets. And I think, I think we'll see at least three more come in, and those are the three positions. I think it'll be a striker, another wide man, and I think a, a left fullback. Um, and, and, and then I think we'll have a squad uh, to take with through this what will be a long season. I, to- I, I totally agree. I mean, if you if you if you look at the back of the program, uh, I've seen two programs so far this season in Newcastle. By far, have got the biggest squad in the league. Um, a lot of games, you know, 
season's just started. When once the winter months kick in, little niggles will be picked up here and there. So absolutely, that, that's going to be that's going to be really important this season. You know, the better even the better teams up at the top of the table haven't got a big haven't got as, as big a squad as we have. And you know, the fact we went and won two games, the fact that we get Alexander Mitrovic, um, he becomes now available. That again strengthens our arm. Um, and it gives us a different option because we haven't had that option yet. You know, the game on Wednesday night, Dwight Gale, uh, for, for a large part of it, was the person who Newcastle were using as their, their outball. Although he's, a, I tell you what, he's, kind of, he's got a kind of little spring on him, but you can just tell he was desperate to be having to put it standing on. Well, like his goal on Saturday, standing on the edge of the, standing right on the edge of the uh, the centre half, uh, mm-hmm. just wanting to get that yard, just to get in behind him. And I think, I think. The fact that Mitrovic is back, I, I do see Rafa bringing him straight in. I have a feeling that you'll probably see him play definitely Saturday night against Brighton. Maybe not. He might. He'll probably play tomorrow night. Um, mm. I, and I just think that'll just strengthen our arm. And what what Neil's just said there about the back four, Kieran Clark mm. played ten and a half, played full back. You know, we we've, we've pedalled on with Colaccini, uh, uh, Mike Williamson, and uh, Stephen Taylor for the past what? You're looking at, since we got promoted, really? Since the last time we got relegated. Yeah, and I mean, one was a crock, Stephen Taylor. The other was limited in terms of Mike Williamson, although I thought he got a lot of unfestive. Mm. And Colaccini, for the last three years, um, and basically been trying to engineer a move away from the club. And and if you want to point at something that ultimately led to our relegation, I would say it was defensively, because we couldn't keep clean sheets, and because we, we just didn't have the armory there. To keep clean sheets and Rafa Benitez is trying to make us build from a solid basis, you know, towards the end of last season when we lost them first few games when he came into the club after Southampton, everyone had gave up the ghost, but then he made us solid and, you know, it was built on the back, again, on the back bed of people like yourself and that, that's why I was a little bit, how are you, man? We've played two games, man, what are you getting on the kid's back for? Give him a break. Um, but maybe that's so, yeah, what Rafa was doing, was just getting him out the firing line. Just saying, right, yeah. have a break, we'll bring you back in. Because he's got the the ability to do that. And if anybody knows how to look after a, a young player, I would have thought Rafa does. And, and you're quite right, yeah. nail on the head. You know, we've had Taylor who who you couldn't get more than two-thirds of a season out of if you were lucky. Mm-hmm. Williamson, who was good for four or five games, but then he seemed to lose his concentration. Colaccini, who probably had more attempts to get to South America than Ronnie Biggs and the Waffen SS combined. <laughs> Um, you know, it's it just unbelievable. Um, and, and we've been just sort of bobbling along, crying out for replacements. Uh, and when you look at the players we're saying, some of them aren't, they're not world beaters. They're not, you know, amazing international potential and this, that and the other. What they are is they're solid citizens who know how this division works. And, and that's what we've got to do. We've got to get out of this division. And we need a lot of them. Because we're going to... get us out. You're right, we're going to get into November, December, and there's going to be calf muscles here, hamstrings there. There always is. But in this division, where the pitches aren't as good a quality, it certainly seems you've got to work a lot harder to get a yellow card in this division than, than in the Premiership, certainly on the basis of four games. You know, it, it, Richie and Gale have been kicked up a height two or three times with no, no comeback from what I've seen of the... The games, I think, I think if we can get Teotihuacan back in the team and Mitrovic, just set them on kill and set them <laughs> off, set them off running, you know, because it'll be it'll be eighty minutes before either of them pick a booking up. We're in the Premiership. It's after five. Can you, you know, it, it, 
Yeah. Can you can you believe that that uh, the one player we ever mentioned that's playing quite well, Lee, is Gufran? Yeah. Well, again, that's the first time I've seen us play live this season on Wednesday night. He didn't play particularly well, if I'm honest, Andrew. He was okay. he was on the edge of things, mind you. I, because obviously I didn't get a stream of the game on mm. on a Saturday. I listened. I, I heard the first half an hour on the way back home in the car, and he actually was was involved a lot. I haven't seen any highlights or anything like that, but I heard his name mentioned a lot. But I can only go off the Wednesday night game, and he, he was in and out of it. He struggled against whoever the fullback he was up against. He never really took him on. He never really helped his fullback. And like I said, we didn't play very well, even though we were on the game four one, but. I think that's where what Neil touched on before. Little places where we do need we need work. I can't see us continuing on with Goofran this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we'll certainly he'll certainly look to try and balance up the team. Mm-hmm. I think you'll probably see a, a right-sided footballer coming to the club or a left-sided footballer um, because I, he's not really. He's, I, I don't think he's really good enough. Yeah, I think he can. I think he can fill a hole, and it's nice that we've won a few games and he's played. But do I do I see him being an integral part of the the team that and going forward this season? No, not really. Yeah. So what do you do, what do you think of Gufron? He seems to look the, the first the first rule. Go, the first rule of Johan Gufron is you don't talk about Johan Gufron. <laughs> Thank you. Um, no, it, do you know what it <laughs> is? He, he's a hard worker, yeah. and that's all he that's all he's ever been is a grafter. And he's neither a wide man nor a striker, nor a midfielder. He's sort of, um, well, I say he's like a, he's he's like a Greg's cheese and onion pasty. He kind of fills a hole, but you really want a steak bake instead, you know? Uh, it, it it it's not really what they were dining at that level, unfortunately. And I think if there's any way to move him on, he will be. Um, he's part of this dead wood that sort of allowed wood to bob, and I don't. The, the lad's a professional and he's putting a shift in. I gather down at Bristol he was very, you know, very active and busy. Um, but shouldn't all professional footballers be very active and busy? I'm not really sure. Perhaps that's me just being a cynic. Yeah. If he comes, uh, in, you know. he comes in, if he comes into the side and puts in a shift, and like I said, I didn't see the highlights. So all I've seen is uh, Dwight Gale's goal. And if he put in a shift based on what I heard, I have no problem with that. Because there's nothing worse than seeing a footballer mm. Take the field and not bother, not bother putting in a shift. Alas, so so cool. Yeah, example. Yeah, I was going to get to in a second. I was, yeah, I was, I was trying get... not to see his name all the way through this, but I've just given. Yeah, you've got well, you've I, got I, De Jong leaving. He's left today. How's he passed him there? Go. How's he passed him there? Go. Yeah, I tell you what. Every club in the country, every every club in the country, every club in the world football should be going to PSV now. Go, here lads, I've got this player here. Good playing, that. Go out on the training pitch and stand on a rake and have an eye injury and be out for six weeks or something like that. You watch. Be something how stupid. He's passed that medical. I don't know how he passed that medical, but it's the thing Brain is he got cruel. I think we've heard um, rumours that uh, Mr. Cruel is going to sign a, a one-year deal under his contract, but he's going to go out. Have you heard that one, Lee? I heard something this afternoon. Ajax. Yes, Ajax, well. have just sold, Ajax have just sold their keeper. Yeah, oh, well, we, no, I mean, from, from Belgium actually texted yesterday, who's a fine old fan, and said Tim Cole's going to sign for the scum. He didn't mean Sunderland, he meant Ajax. So I thought, <laughs> right, okay. Um, but how does that work out? I don't understand why 
Why would he sign a one-year contract? They're going to sell him anyway because... Well, no, but he signs a one-year contract extension, yeah. goes out on loan to prove his fitness, yeah. then if we get promoted, uh, he can come back into our squad as a Premier League player or he then we gets get sold on. Fee. We get a fee, get a pay, better fee because he's, yep. he's played a full season at Ajax. It makes perfect sense, Andrew, in the modern football world. This I is how they've been doing in Italy for the last few years with players with injury doubts, with players in squads where teams have been relegated but they've wanted to keep the squad together. It, it, they'll loan players out, they'll send players away to make maximise what they can then get out of value. They don't sell a potentially appreciating asset. You, you sell the assets before they depreciate. And this is the business of football. And it's actually quite a clever move. Because he probably doesn't want to leave. But he's a bigger wage earner. So if we can get some or all of his wages paid by another club for a year, it all makes sense. It really, really does. Because really, in my opinion, and I've made this quite public not so long ago, does he bring his bring more to the table than the other four keepers we've got on my books anyway? I know the jury seems to be out on Celts at the minute, yeah. but Darlow uh, and, and, and Elliot, and we've got the England under-19 keeper. Now, what about his development? We need to ensure he can develop and he can grow, because otherwise he'll just be another one sort of um, blocked at that academy level who never then f- comes to full fruition. So in my, my opinion, that would be a wee wonderful move by the club. Clever. What do you think, Lee? Obviously, I'm going to bring in uh, Chris Pye in America in a minute, but what's the... the with Darlow, uh, I thought he obviously played quite well last season. What, what's your thoughts quickly on him? Because I'm not sure if he's carrying an injury, what, what the deal with him. I but don't uh, think Rafa fancies him. You don't? Yeah. Lee? He was, he was outstanding towards the end of last season. Yeah. Um, he was. He, he did nothing wrong, the lad. He's a big, he's a, he's a big boy, massive. Big old unit and did nothing wrong, so I'm not really I'm not really too sure kind of what's happened with that. But at the end of the day, Rafa's brought a goalkeeper in, so sometimes when you know a manager brings his own his own man in, he's obviously going to give him a try. Again, I can refer back to my mate who lives in Belgium. He said I asked him about cells, and he said he should actually went to the European Championships as Belgium's um, third choice goalkeeper. Um, but I think the couple fans really need to think back to. Their own treatment of Rob Elliott and their own treatment of mm. Carl Darlow to to, yeah. to an extent, you know, when both those particular goalkeepers came in, came in and made their debuts, everyone wrote them off straight away. Darlow struggles, Elliott struggles, mm. Martel's is struggling a little bit, but everyone's kind of hanging them out to dry already. I, I think people just need to be a little bit mindful of that and stick back. You know, we, we kept his first clean sheet on on Saturday, so confidence is going to be building in him. Yeah. And the more he gets used to England, he'll improve. The more he gets used to the back four that he's, that's in front of him, he'll improve. So I think people should just kind of hang off on, you know, trying to see, oh, he's not good enough, he's not this. Because I, I, to be honest with you, I trust the Champions League winning manager more than I trust a guy on Twitter, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks for coming on, Lee. I'm going to bring in uh, Chris Pye, but Cheers, we'll catch Lee. you next Monday. And uh, what, what's your? Uh, you think we'll get six? Do you think we'll win the cup and we'll get six points? I think we'll. I, I do think we'll go sorry, through in the sorry. cup competition. I, I do believe we'll go through in the cup competition. Then, it's, uh, and then it's, for me, it's a massive, massive game on Saturday night already Huge. against Brighton because Brighton have been outstanding. Mirovic is back. Yeah. is back. They're not conceding goals. I think it'll be a cracking game. Half past five kickoff. I'll go for a three-one Newcastle win. Great stuff. Please. Thanks a lot, Lee. Appreciate it. Thanks very much. All right. Cheers, 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 C
before you yeah. bring Chris in. Yeah. Something that Lee would like was I showed two Italian lads in a meeting this morning that video of uh, Sissoko warming up uh, for France when he suddenly sees the camera and gets busy. Um, and one of them is an Inter fan, and, the, and his mate too was a, a, a Pisa fan, never stopped taking the mick for the following hour about how much money they were allegedly going to be spending on Sissoko. So, 5 million um, euros, yeah. Oh, aye, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great stuff, I love that. And, go and good evening to Chris Pye, calling from Dallas, Texas, where I think he's on vacation. How are you? I'm back on vacation, and uh, it's about one in the afternoon here, fellas. How are you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. It's actually quite warm here, which is su surprise even me. <laughs> I was just about to head to the golf course, I'm telling you, right after this, and now it looks like it's about to rain. Yeah. I mean, the sun are brewing. <laughs> so tell me, you, you must be quite happy with uh, the two victories and the change, the change in the whole mood of Tyneside. It seems to be radiating all over uh, Twitter and obviously social media. Well, Newcastle needed they needed those victories. Uh, I, I can only listen to the games now because mm. you know, Newcastle's in the minor league, so they don't show it on television anymore. But listening to the listening to the game. I, it sounds like it sounds like the Lions didn't play that great on the road, but honestly, who cares? Yeah. They got all three points, which is the most important thing right now. It doesn't matter you know, if they if they had played great and lost, we'd all be just miserable right now. So, and by the way, you guys were talking about Matt Self. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I'll bring the American in, uh, into this. And American coaches, when they change, you know, like in, in American football teams, uh, they like their, they want their own quarterbacks, so they or they want their own guys like that. And let's be honest, a goalkeeper's kind of like a quarterback on a on a football on a football team. So sometimes you're just kind of it's, it's the same thing like with all these guys that are being shown the door, you know, by these managers, you know, you know by uh, the boys and all these uh, the guys at Manchester United and yeah. Man City. Yeah. It's, Probably did not fancy Carl Barlow. Period. Yeah. Yeah. That's not wanted. He wanted Matt Sell, so he went and got Matt Sell, and he's going to give him every opportunity. Now, I, I I've seen some of the highlights, and boy, Sell, it was uh, it was like close your eyes kind of time, you know, with some of his goalkeeping that he uh, that he did this past week. But you know, he got the clean sheet. Uh, they, they got the clean sheet. They got the victory, and. Wouldn't that book just finally get over this doldrums of losing on the road? And, of course, Mitro is back. Man, I hope that kid can just keep his temper under control because I really think he is going to have a terrific season for Newcastle if he can just keep his emotions in check. I think if he doesn't, uh, Chris, and I'm going to bring this to Neil, he will be replaced. And it's obvious that Rafa Benitez... Mm. He's looking for another. He's looking for another striker. He needs a big. He needs a big striker with him. He will replace Mitrovic. He will because you know. Well, it, I, I, it, I think he's ruthless enough to change. Yeah. He will. He's not frightened. Nobody is safe. Nobody is guaranteed a place. He made that abundantly clear. He took the club captain out of the team. Yeah. He's yeah, not prepared. To, not prepared to play favourites. That's. Yeah. It's no longer. He has the team sheet. There's Colaccini. Oh my yeah. God! No matter how bad he's playing, or no matter whether he's his heads in Buenos Aires, but his body's in Newcastle. Um, he's in the team. Absolutely not. 
and he's he's making that quite clear. He's not gonna gonna suffer dips in performance. Everybody's place is up for grabs. What do you think? Do you, what do you think, Chris? No, I absolutely agree. Sorry to get the little loud, guys. It is pouring down on me right now. But uh, no, I I completely agree, and and in fact, it needs to happen. This is not a premiership team that's fighting to go to the title. Even this is a team that just got relegated. Oh, sorry. Uh, I thought you were on the phone because it's just so loud. The rain yeah, has. This, yeah, this, yeah. this is the team that just got relegated. Yeah. So, I mean, they don't have any legs to stand on. They need, they need, uh, the manager is, com- is coming to do a job to get them out of this mess, to get them back up into the prime where we all know they belong. And honestly, I don't care who he plays as long as they keep getting three points and they keep having success. They can put you and me and Neil out there as long as we get three points. Mm. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, what do you think? Oh, no. Uh, well, no, absolutely. Wait. I think I, uh, the points is all that matters, full stop. That's all we've got to concentrate on. I don't care about the performances. I don't care whether we score a winning goal when it goes in off Colbach's backside. I really don't care. We've just got to keep picking the points up and keep going forward and moving on and everybody's position is up for grabs and if you can prove you're prepared to give absolutely 100% of the shirt then that's the starting point but it still doesn't guarantee you're going to keep your place if you're dipping form and that's, fi- that's fine that's how it should be we should have you know the talk about 22 players, probably in this division you need 24, 25 who are all prepared to die for the cause and are all prepared to give that place up when the manager says, it's not your turn this week, son. Take it on the chin. Yes, be upset about it. Yes, be angry about it. But don't let it show and don't let it affect the group. Concentrate on the bigger picture. I think it's quite... No, and, and that is exactly why Goofron has the place he has. Yeah. Because that is, you just, you just summed up your own Goofron to a T. This guy could have sunk. He could have... Been, you, I mean, he's, I mean, he scored quite a few goals for Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 three or four years, two or three years, three or four years ago. And he was basically just sent out to pasture. Instead of... And, and he's, he's gone to training. He's kept his mind right. And and you could see the details. It's like, he reminds me a lot of Jonas. Jonas Gutierrez, uh, when Gutierrez was kind of put out by, you know... Yeah, he always was willing to die for the club. He was willing to do whatever it took. And that's kind of how good. I mean, Goofy's not flashy, but you do not need flashy in whatever the heck this league is called. The, uh, it's not called the Coca-Cola Championship, but I think it's called the EFL or something like that. That's yeah, what I've been calling on Twitter. I have no idea. It shows how much I know. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I have no idea. But anyway, English, that, that's... English Football League. English Football yeah, League. Yeah, but that's, yeah. I mean, and that's, but that's what you need. I mean, look at Fulham. Fulham wasn't pretty, and they and they played us off the pitch because they took advantage of our of our, our team's mistakes. It's uh, it's all about. And as much as we love the Rosie Perez, and we do, that lad needs to go get in the gym pronto. Yeah, because yeah, I am totally tired of him being yeah. knocked over every time he gets the ball. It's, that's probably the most disappointing thing. I keep on hearing, you know, he, he was he was okay when he was in the Premier League, but now he's just every single week. He, He's he's not doing anything. I, 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 Neil, like Chris is right. It's like the trouble is he. I don't think he's going to change much, like any any physicality, because he's got he's got a bit of speed. But 
it's definitely a problem it, for Newcastle. It, it might be a case he's got to adapt to the league, aren't you? Mm. As we've already discussed, um, I think you've just got about take a take a sledgehammer and a machete out onto the pitch to pick a yellow card up in this division, and and so he's getting going to be getting challenges that normally you'd be expecting to get a get a foul for that that aren't coming. And so he's going to have to adapt and change his game to suit that. Now, that's not necessarily adapt his physicality. Um, it's to learn to anticipate when the challenges are coming, learn how to get out of the way, learn how to ride it, learn how to do something different. And that's going to take 10 games. And, 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 and Absolutely. You know, we might, we've got to be patient in that score. I think that's, though, why Benitez wants another striker in, because he knows that, that Perez... Perez and Gale up front doesn't work for me because they are together just to, I don't want to call them powder puff, but they are the lightweight, yeah. you know? And in this, again, and, and it's a, it, I know it's a cliche, and we shouldn't play it the cliches, but it does seem to be you need a bit of physicality up front in this division to, to be successful. Um, you're not going to do it with waif like will-o'-the-wisp strikers. It, it, you need somebody who can stick his foot in and hold the ball up, because that was part of the problem for me, um, was was the out ball, the gale sometimes, the ball wasn't sticking. You know, it, 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 we need the ball to stick, and, and it's not going to do that always, and, and that's, but I think Perez has to adapt himself and his game, he doesn't need, necessarily need to spend more time in the gym, or to, you know, to, to take a couple of pills of man up or whatever. Um, <laughs> he just needs to just adapt his game and understand that these challenges are going to come in and no, they're not going to be blown up for a foul. You're going to have to get on with it, sunshine, so learn how to deal with it. Um, and, and in training, I suspect you could stick him up against somebody like Hanley, who's had two or three seasons in that division. Oh, I, bet, I, I bet he puts a bloody horrible challenge in in training as well as in a game. <laughs> Um, and you so. say to him, oh you say to him, you know, there's your mate Perez. Give me half an hour of kicking him on the ankles. Yeah. Give me half an hour of sticking your knee into his thigh. Give me half an hour of le- teaching him the kind of challenges he's going to be faced from horrible individuals like you. Mm. And let's see if we can bring the best out of him. That's what we need to do. It's about adaptation. It's not about radical change. It's modifying this to suit the situation. And the fact that referees here seem to be letting some of the yeah. most horrendous challenges go without any warning. Yeah, what do you think, what do you think uh, Chris? Because it, it, it is a horse-for-courses league, and uh, you, you, I think it's the, the squad's going to change fundamentally again before the, before the window closes, and you know, the players are coming and going now. It's, it's, it's quite exciting, isn't it, I, I think, for the squad? No, it's fantastic. But I, and, and, and honestly, and that's why... I had no problem with uh, with Andres Townsend going. I had a little bit of a problem with Wijnaldum going, but you know he's it was only his first year, and they got pretty good money. As far as I'm concerned, Musa Sissoko was a big reason why we're in this division. So for him to sit there, yeah. So so to me, uh, all these guys that that <laughs> you're the reason why we're here. <laughs> all these new guys are the guys that are going to try to you know bring Newcastle back to respectability. But a little bit to, you know, to, to Neil's point and what you guys are talking about, I just don't think Newcastle's going to get any help. They're the, they're the team that was supposed to just come down and blow everybody out, and nobody was going to stay with them, and they're so much better than the championship, and they're so much better than the officials, and, they're so, and they've been hearing about this for months. So if they 
I'm not going to give Newcastle any help whatsoever, and 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 that's okay. Just you know, you know just <laughs> run your sleeves up and and get to work. If there was ever a time for a Kevin Nolan, you know, to uh, uh, Jerry Barton to emerge in the Newcastle United, it's now, and that's kind of what they need. I'm hoping that, and I'm really hoping that Mitrovic can you know, find a little Andy Carroll in him, a guy that was just rough, you know, a guy that was willing to play the physical position, scored goals and kept his mouth shut. But they really need, and, and maybe John Joe Shelby can, 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 do the, uh, can be the, uh, the Kevin Nolan role. I mean, he's definitely said all the right things. He's come down with the team. I mean, this guy's, a, you know, this guy's an, an international player who's played all over the place. He could have sitting there, he could have been complaining that, uh, that, he's, you know, that he's down at this division. He's not. He's rolling his sleeves up. He's doing whatever the manager's asking. He's asking, and he's getting the job done. I really hope that the rest of the players... See, I'm not really too worried about the new guys on the team because they're not poisoned with what's been killing Newcastle the last couple of years. They're the guys that have been doing well in their own club. They need to find a way to infiltrate infiltrate the, the guys that have been here forever you know, and, and, and get them. Like Jack Colback, God bless the guy, he runs his socks off, and, and I think that's why Benitez likes him. He's tailor-made for this league. I just wish he'd be a little bit more creative with the football. You know, we need to, I wish he could find his shooting boots. Yeah, what do you think uh, for the, the Saturday game? Do you think give me a score before I bring in Steve Hasty? Well, it's, uh, it, I, I think Newcastle's kind of turned it around. So, I'll, I, you know what? Let's go two one. Let's go two one with uh, with Mitchell and Gale on the score sheet. Great stuff, great stuff. Well, we'll catch you again next Monday. Thanks for coming on, Chris. It's been a pleasure as ever. Gentlemen, always a pleasure. Thanks a lot. Cheers, mate. Thanks, sir. Bye bye. Cheers, man. Cheers. Always great to have Chris coming on. And now we have Steve Hasty from Newcastle Fans Forum and various other things. Good evening. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Hi, Steve. I'm very well, thank you. After a, a, a scintillating win. <laughs> wasn't that scintillating, was it? You know? No. <laughs> it was one of those most nerve-wracking wins that you could possibly hope to listen to on the on radio. The radio. <laughs> An absolute nightmare. The number of times I switched it off and then went back. Cause you yeah, switch I did it off because you think, I kind of put up with this, but then you have to go back because you're desperate to know what's going on. And I had the, I had the, uh, the laptop in front of us and I kept mm. flicking back onto the BBC to see what the score was. And, uh, and then I was still like, oh, I'm going to have to find out on the radio. I'm going to have to put the radio back on. And then uh, I, I was talking to John Anderson after the match. And, uh, I, I know, I heard him, you. Yeah, yeah, moonlighting. You accuse us of moonlighting, do you, me? Yeah. I couldn't believe me ears. They were bleeding. Oh, it's got the betrayal, Neil. You've got no idea what it's like. The, the betrayal. You no know worse. what it is? How, how, how long, Neil, how long have I been doing that Radio Newcastle shot now? Must be uh, oh, good God, he's I. Just, he's just switched it on now. And he's just he's heard us once, you know, and I'm getting a slag it off. Unbelievable. That's, that's typical showbiz, isn't it, you know? Hey, I, 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 it was very, it was very, the only reason I knew it was you, because I, I, the voice, obviously, but I didn't hear you being presented like I present you, to be honest no. with you, but um, it was interesting. And quite, all, and all quite the, right, too. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the interesting thing about the, the two games that we've won, it's just, it's changed the whole landscape of, of everything, and, and now, obviously, after the fans forum, the, the minutes came out, and we're no longer going to have that dreaded W on the on the team sheet for next season but and it obviously the old, the 
the, some of the legends are becoming involved more with with Newcastle. It's it's all we're all seem to be heading a different direction, which is great for everybody, isn't it? Yeah, and that different direction is the right direction, and that we're all heading in the same way as well. Thank goodness, it is. It's great. I mean, the positivity that's that's, that's buzzing around without without being too cocky as well, you know, because we can't be it. We're, let's face it, we're back, we're back in the uh, the EFL, as as you mm. called it earlier. Um, you know, so we can't we can't be you know uh, shouting my mouth off too much um, because we are where we are. But you know, needs must, and we've you know the, the support is, has been absolutely fantastic. But you know, if you're going back the very first game of the season there against Fulham, and then again an absolutely fantastic following of just short of two and a half thousand at, at Bristol. Um, we've got a big game on Saturday, five thirty kickoff. Uh, on the TV, Chris Hooten coming back, which nobody's mentioned. I don't oh, think yet. No, um, no, you know, um, which is going to be interesting because you know he always gets a fantastic reception uh, when he's been back up for Newcastle. There's a lot of people, uh, you know, still look to, to Chris and the way that he was treated at the club um, and what he what he managed to to do for us. So you know, uh, he was the manager on that that fantastic five one uh, mm. defeat of Sunderland as well, you know, which I don't think any of us will ever forget, you mm. know, as long as we live, because it was just one of those particular days where things just clicked. Um, they've never clicked since in a derby, have they? But we haven't got a derby <laughs> this season, so that's not to not dwell on that. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Another another full house at St James's Park, no doubt. Um, and they're a decent team, Brighton. We've seen, you know, the last yep. couple of years where Hooten's put them together. Um We've been interested in, in a couple of our players as well, so I think there's a few people going along saying, you know, wondering, well, what have we lost or what have we missed out on and, and hoping that Rafa and the guys have got it right by not signing those players because we don't want them uh, turning it on in St James's Park on, on Saturday night, do we, you know? I think that the, the interesting thing about Chris Hutton coming back, it's like he's, he'll always have the affinity with Newcastle, but it's going to be a top, top game, isn't it? To, on TV... It's going to be, you know, we've got that player um, knockout. It kind of could be. It could be that game, couldn't it? With Gale and uh, it's a knockout, uh, especially with him, with him being linked with Newcastle. It's at least when he comes back, it's going to be a game that matters. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, every game at St. James's part is a cup final for whoever comes up this season. I think we've already said that. We saw it with Huddersfield. I was uh, I was sitting alongside uh, in a different seat on on against Huddersfield. Um, I swapped so my brother could take the two tickets that we had, and uh, I, I took the ticket that he had picked up. And I was sitting virtually right next to the, the uh, edge of the director's box, um, and there must have been about forty or fifty people in there from Huddersfield. And you know, to a man, they jumped up twice when they scored, and they, it, it was you know it was as though they'd won the FA Cup. That you know the, it meant so much to them. It wasn't just because they'd had a, you know, they'd, they'd scored two goals. It was literally that they were all there, suited and booted, and they were being wined and dined, and they were being looked after by Newcastle United. I, I know that uh, as the, I watched at the start of the game as they went down just before kickoff, and uh, Lee Charney walked down and shook hands with uh, with quite a few of them and welcomed them to St James's, all that type of thing. And it, right. it means so much to these guys coming to St James's Park now. You know, they, they, mm. they've had their family with them. There was there was youngsters, there was teenagers. There, the wives were there, uh, you know, all the directors, I think every director, Huddersfield must, must have about 50 directors, judging by the number of people that were there, you know. Um, but it was great for them, you know. Um, but it's going to be like that every game at St. James's from, you know, all the way through the season. These, and these teams are coming up and they're wanting to, 
to have a go at win. I think that that right, win that we had on Saturday is, it was a big win. I think it, you know, mm. at times there was a little bit of back to the wall. We showed a little bit of grit and determination. I know a few people were having a go about the goalkeeper situation mm. and some of the mistakes he made. He kept a clean sheet and he's played in front of a, a different back four um, every mm. game this season. Every game. You know? yep. uh, he's been the only consistent one in that back four and he's, he's, had, he's had to cope with it, plus the language problems that have ensued with some of the players that have come in. You know, we've had Grant Hanley speak Scottish. I'm sure Sal's has never even heard a Scottish accent in his life. You know, <laughs> it's 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 uh, there's an awful lot there's an awful lot of positives. I'm I'm sticking to the positives, Neil. Uh, sticking to the positives. No, no, yeah, you have to, you're, you're, you're right, Steve. You, you, we've said this before. We're we're going to be somebody's cup final every week. This yep. this season, everybody's going to want to have a pop. I don't know if you saw any of the social media output from Bristol City. In the run-up to the weekend's game, talking did, about, yes. yeah. yeah, you know, t- t- talking we're going to have a full house and everybody's cheering we're on, and, and 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 they were getting jade up to have a damn good go at the disgraced big boys coming down to play yeah. at their level, and this is what we're going to have to have every for, week. Yeah, biggest crowd for 26 years at yes. year, apparently. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, we and we uh, of, you know? we are. Money spinners for every team in that division, bar none. And I include the two teams that came down with me. And some of them are taking the mick with the prices they're charging. I gather the prices at Sheffield Wednesday are going to be horrendous. And while the the Premiership... Yeah, yeah, and while the the Premiership is taking the away... Taking the away prices to to £20, £30, and they're charging £43 a pop absolute disgrace and they're not going to change their policy because they know our fans are going to turn up absolutely we asked this at the fans forum uh, we asked about the reciprocal ticketing arrangements because Newcastle were one of the uh, one of the clubs mm. that, that really pushed reciprocal agreements over the last couple of years and have been one of the instigators in ironically in getting the, the away tickets uh, brought down to the £30 maximum mm. and yet all of a sudden we're, we're being penalised and we said are you planning on any more reciprocation? Um, you know, are there any other, other clubs willing to do it? And they said, no, no. they're not. We can't, they're no, just refusing to do it. They'll not do it. And in fact, I think one of the guys said, well, if, if we're going to have to pay 46 quid at, at, at Hillsborough, mm-hmm. oh, can we charge 46 quid here? And apparently yeah. we can't. We have to charge the same as the people sitting alongside you in, uh, in level seven. You know, so so I think it's a maximum of twenty-seven quid or something like that. You know, probably even less now that we've we've, we've got a ten percent reduction on some I'd of those fans. I'd love to find a Sheffield Wednesday fan paying forty-three pound a ticket again and watch that. Well, you know what they do, Neil? They they clo- they give you an entire stand, and so so they turn around and go, "There's nothing comparable with it, with one of our ah, fans in that stand." And that's the way they do it. They draw a line, and all of a sudden they say, "Oh, that's the comparable seat. There's no more. There's I, nothing comparable in that stand." I gather Norwich are going to do the same as well. Yeah, yeah. I don't know whether you saw that, Neil, in one of the papers that, where somebody put a spoof out in one of the newspapers that said that their Norwich and Ipswich were going to merge and they were just basically <laughs> going to do, do away with Norwich. And it was going to... They were going to it, <laughs> it, it was, it was a very well put right. together little piece that, that, Brilliant. that, that I, I found was... Uh, but it was going to be called the, uh, the, the El Farmigo. Instead, <laughs> 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 so, you know, but you know, absolutely scandalous. Forty, forty odd quid, you know. 
after you've trooped, what, 20 hours to get the knowledge? It feels mm. like that at times, doesn't it, you know? <laughs> well, yeah. So give, give Especially us if you're driving with my mate Les, who hits every, every cat's eye on the way down there. Never mind. That's, just, that's just to keep you awake in the back, Neil. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me, tell us, uh, Steve, anything, um, obviously the, the minutes have come out for the fans forum, anything to add on? Obviously, the W is not going to be there next season, but um, anything else to add on it that's of, of, of note? No, well, I think when obviously it was asked about the about when the uh, when the sponsorship deal ended and whether the club was gonna whether there was the likelihood that whoever came back in uh, took the St James's Park name and and rebranded the ground or anything like that, and I said no, there wasn't. Um, one of the other things we did talk about that was that was that the club pointed out was that uh, you know they are very much looking now at the club's own brand and how the how the impact of of new sponsors impacts their brand now, whereas mm-hmm. in the past, obviously that hadn't happened um, with Wonga. They, you know, they, they yeah. totally uh, yeah. missed the the whole aspect of what it meant to be linked mm-hmm. with Wonga in, in the bigger in the bigger picture. picture. Yeah. Having said that, mind as somebody's point, many people have pointed out, you know, Wonga did an awful lot um, as a sponsor. Um, with the with the women's football team, um, they, they did a lot of good things. The, the problem with Wonga is that five thousand one hundred and ninety-seven percent um, interest rates and the, the very nature of the market that they were in. I think that uh, was always yeah. going to going to hold Wonga back. You know that was always going to be the, uh, the 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 crop the that they were carrying. You know the they nature were, they of their business as opposed to their intent as a company. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but of course now Newcastle are, are looking and they're saying, you know, we're we're going to be looking at what the impact. We've got a few people that we've been have been talking to. We're going to be looking at that, and we're going to be saying, well, what what can go wrong? You know, um, do we want to, what what impact will it have with them? Will we, you know, we we bring an oil company in and it shoots up, or we bring a beer company in and we kind of have it on kitty shirts. It's interesting that the club said that the. Uh, the, the sale of, of youngsters shirts has absolutely skyrocketed uh, without sponsors' names on, and it was was asked have they have they considered the the plus points and the negative points of of a shirt next season with no no shirt sponsorship at all, mm-hmm. and again you know it, it said you know we'll we run through all the figures and you know you see what comes out um, at the end of the end of the the analysis and you know. It could well be that a shirt sponsor is not required. If if they thought that without shirt sponsorship, you would end up selling you know fifty or sixty million pounds worth of shirts, then they would mm-hmm. go for it. But whether they whether they could ever do that, I, I don't know. Um, but again, it was it was discussed. They were very open about it. Um, and in terms of you feel as feel now as though they they I'm have listening. they have a hand. Well, they have a handle on how to run Newcastle United. Um, whether it, you know, in the past we've we've criticised and they've had this ability to fall into that, go into their own little shell and hide away. I think it's a different beast now, and I think they've finally grasped exactly what it means that the all of the all of those monkeys will be off their backs um, when you know the sponsorship goes and it gives them a a, a a totally new start there. And I think with Rafa and the community stuff that that Rafa uh, and I think one of your previous callers was talking about, and uh, I think it was Steve wasn't it. Um, and how he's how he's changing things, and how he's he's bringing his own bit in, and how he has people who are, are actively um, seeking out community work and and seeing if there's anything they can do in the community, whether that's Rafa himself or whether it's Rafa with the club or the club on their own. The, the whole PR aspect, the the revamping that they're doing of their 
of the the uh, the, the uh, website, the club website, the booking system f- uh, for mm-hmm. tickets, um, the MUTV, which they're uh, they're going to really be be pushing um, as well, and revamping the whole physical structure of their website and their web domain. So there's a lot going on, you know, that it's all for the positive and it's all with, with support as in mind. So mm. long may it continue. Yeah, see, I think it's all, that's the good thing about it, isn't it? It's like, I think it's all it's all happening. I think because of uh, what happened last season with the fans, you know, asking Rafa to stay, he's take, he's, he seems to have just taken everything on board that he wants to be involved in everything in the club, which I think is brilliant. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and and they're, and they're giving them the backing um, in the transfer market. You know, yeah. they're, they're they're giving them. I mean, when you when you hear him talk about mm. you know what his plans are, how he how he goes about buying uh, players, mm. uh, what sort of squad he wants. Um, you know, the man's steeped in football anyway. We knew we knew that, and that's why we wanted him, and that's why the fans are so keen to keep him. And uh, that's why Liverpool fans, when you talk to them, saying you're going to have a great ride with them, you know. Mm. Um, they loved him. Uh, he loved Liverpool. That's why his family stayed all those years in Liverpool after we left, you know. Um, but they'll be moving up here. They'll have a house up here. They'll be, they'll be, they'll be out on the town, you know. They'll be, they'll be up in Northumberland and they'll be sampling the, the beautiful countryside and the delights that we have up here, which, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure they'll be totally wrapped up in. And he'll have a Geordie accent soon, won't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, it's interesting isn't it? because. Uh, I saw that Sissoko was being brought back into the into the squad. I think I first must have seen that uh, any pitches involved in the club. So I think um, the rumours that you know Inter Milan have bid 35 million euros um, could uh, could be something that's happening, but, but it could also be something that's just being talked about. But um, I think if he does play, I'll be surprised if he plays. But if 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 he doesn't get the deal that he wants. You could imagine Diame with Sissoko in that midfield. It it could become a power, It could be quite a power power packed uh, midfield, couldn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think that uh, you, you know you look at you look at the likes of Bristol on Saturday, and you know you you know that you know they're, they're a decent they're a decent little team, but they're not of the quality of of of, of us. Um, you know they 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 work their socks off. They have a system that they want to play at. But we should, right across the park, we should have had far, far better players in virtually every position, and, and mm-hmm. the quality should should see us through. Um, Sissoko's an asset. You know, he's an asset in terms of the fact that he's, he's worth 50, 35 million quid, or that's the mm-hmm. price we've put on him. They'll protect their asset, they'll protect them because if if nobody comes in for him, mm-hmm. um, it's for one or two reasons. Either we'll price them out the market, or... Um, there wasn't there wasn't an interest for him in the first place, you know. Um, so he ends up having to stay, and if he stays, then we want them we want them absolutely, you know, fit as a lot. We want them we want them out there from the start. Um, we want them putting in performances. We want them to take on board everything that Rafa's trying to do. Um, Rafa made him captain at the end of last season. You know, he was he was the one that Rafa pushed mm-hmm. forward every time. You know. So, you know, Rafa obviously sees something in him, and I think if if the lad stays, then Rafa will get the best out of him, and and you know, all of a sudden, um, it may be 55 million, not 35 million. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting actually because I think uh, Arsenal being 
quoted 25 million for Johnny Evans. <laughs> I've just seen that one. <laughs> How bad is that? <laughs> you know, he couldn't cut it at Man United, and he's now going to West Brom because the market's so crazy. Twenty-five million. Yeah, well, that, 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 I remember being at a, at a Premier League meeting, a Premier League fans meeting, when we were talk, uh, last season speaking with uh, one of the guys from the Premier League, and we're talking about the ridiculous TV deal that was coming into play this season. And he said, he said, you know what? He says we think that this this money that's coming in at the lower bottom levels of the club, he says, will give the likes of West Brom, for example, we'll use West Brom as an example. Um, if somebody wants to buy one of their best players, a Manchester United, an Arsenal, Liverpool, or whomever, they'll have to pay silly money for them, right? Yeah. And so they pay 30-odd million, uh, 40 million, 50 million for a player. And, and they said, and what happened is that with that 50 million, they'll go out and they'll find, from the continent, they'll find five decent, really good quality players, players that, that you know... It'll, it'll be, you know, it's five quality players coming into the team for the amount of money that they've just skimmed off of Manchester United, who, um, because they desperately wanted that particular player, have to pay 50 million for him or 30 million for him, or as they've done with Pogba, 89 million uh, and above, you know. And they said that they see that was the way they they saw it leveling out, you know. They they saw mm. um, that all of a sudden they could see eight or nine teams challenging for the championship because Manchester United have raised 89 million on one player but the quality because it is an inflated ridiculous price but they'll go out and they'll buy players um, from wherever because they'll be able to coax them and they'll be able to offer teams in the lower divisions 5 million for a player um, and, and get them and you know Tony Pulis he did it all last season didn't he with uh, Barino you know, he said to us he wanted 20 million quid from the kids still there. You know, he hasn't gone. Yeah. I would imagine that Johnny Evans, he could well be still at West Brom uh, come the end of the transfer window, you know. <laughs> um, Arsenal, are a, Arsenal are a strange kettle of fish. They don't, Arsenal, it's a striker that Arsenal need. <laughs> he's, he's decided now that, that, uh, that he's, he's going to play Sanchez in, in, a, in a Suarez role, you know. Um, and it's very interesting when you were talking about um, Perez earlier and adapting his style. I think the style that Perez needs to adapt is not playing with his back to goal, um, but the, the ball going to his feet and letting them run on because he's got a bit of pace. And I think pace right. in this division kills defenders, you know. And Gale showed it. A nice, simple ball. Yeah. He had a yard on the defender, and, and Gale hit yeah. that ball Good. first time. Get Perez doing exactly the same. Mm. Instead of playing the ball and Perez getting his ankles taken, in some t- cases his knees and his thighs taken out mm. by some big lump, you know. Mm. Maybe yeah, maybe Perez needs to spend a little bit of time with Peter Beardsley, and you'll be able to you'll be able to find out how to uh, ride a tackle and dodge mm. a tackle and skim past people in the manner that Peter used to when, back in the eighties. Yeah, when he needs to learn it. To yeah. Ask, yeah, ask any Newcastle fan worth his salt who's one of the best players that they've seen in a black and white shirt, and they'll say without a shadow of a doubt. Peter Beardsley, you know, because yeah, the man was absolutely fantastic. Because the thing is, at the end of the day, he'll just be replaced and be taken out, and they'll put somebody else in to, oh, to do yeah. it. That's the great thing about it. But give yeah. me a give me a score for um, for uh, when we play against Brighton on Saturday, uh, because I've got to bring in John, the last caller. So I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go two nil. I, I think it'll be a cage, mm. I think it'll be a cagey affair. 
I think that, but I think uh, I'm expecting Mitrovic to play, and I wouldn't be surprised if Mitrovic got on the score sheet. I know you'll hate the sound of that, uh, Andrew, because you know obviously uh, you're not a Mitrovic fan. No, no, not at all. <laughs> and you probably get man of the match, and we'll be coming on the radio next week, and you'll be telling us how fantastic Mitrovic is. Unless you're moonlighting. Sent off within ten minutes, and be suspended for another four games. <laughs> I might, I might hear it ahead of time. When you start, when you do your moonlighting. I might hear it on the on the on the other channel possibly. Oh no, it's half past five kick off Andrew, so I'll not be on the other channel, don't worry. Oh, right, I'll, be, okay. I'll be in the ball by the time by the time that happens. <laughs> well thanks for coming on, Steve. Appreciate it ever. I'll catch you next Monday, mate. Cheers, thanks Steve. Okay. Cheers, mate. Cheers, guys. Bye bye. Well, great to have Steve Hasty on the show as ever. And the, the last caller of the night is John from calling from Newcastle. How are you? Evening guys, how are you doing? You good? Not too bad, not too bad. So, how are you, John? How are we doing, Neil? With big fan, are you good? <laughs> yeah, good man. Excellent, so, are you feeling? Man. Are you feeling better after the the two results have gone for us, uh, John? Um, you know what? I, I was I wasn't panicking at all whatsoever. So, I knew the capital would come back from this. You know what I mean? But I'm really ecstatic. Um, on performance on Saturday, I was there. We played really well. It wasn't it wasn't blessed with skills, right? But we, we, dug, we dug deep into the game, we fought our way to win, and we just won ugly, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I'm happy with the three points. Yeah, I think that's the most important thing, isn't it? Because, you know, with the Premier League being so big, we now can't really watch any of the games unless they're being shown live, um, like Newcastle's game is this week coming up. So, um, are you pl- obviously, we've got Mitrovic back, and it looks like he's going to be playing tomorrow night, for sure. Um, who do you, you want to uh, play with him? Because uh, a lot of people are asking for Armstrong. Yeah, I agree with that as well. I mean, you've got to give um, Adam a good sort of thing, you know, playing alongside um, Mitch Rule and um, the and Diallo both there sort of thing. I mean, they both deserve an out. I mean, I'm glad um, Mitch Rule's coming back for a four-game ban. I just hope now that he's on his best behaviour sort of thing. Don't get himself sent off sort of thing. You don't you need him on that pitch for as much experience as possible. So if he um, just comes himself doing does his best and play to his, uh, to his um, potential there sort of thing then um, I'll say give him both a go give him a go yeah I think um, I think uh, um, the good thing about the team is, is that it's being changed when when Rafa decides it's going to be changed especially mm. when yeah. the, the defence is chopping and changing you've got a goalkeeper that's just getting used to the um, the way that Newcastle play and the, the way football is, um, are, are, are you happy that um, that possibly Darlow is going to be playing tomorrow? Because I think um, the worry is that if if it's right, that people are saying possibly that uh, Rafa doesn't um, doesn't uh, favour him. Well, I think um, I think um, Cold serves a game or two. Do you know what I mean? I mean. Um it's a bit unfair, a bit unfortunate that it's been dropped for our new keeper. So, tomorrow, I'd definitely give him the game, see what he do. But um, he's a fantastic keeper. And, um, you know, like I said, our sales deserves a start sort of thing. I know it has to be in the best of form since moment in time. I mean, he's a bit shaky. But I think he needs a rest and just give Dollar a try sort of thing. And um, maybe if he performs tomorrow sort of thing, first I just have him in the team. Yeah, I think, um, I, I think because we've got so... Well, so many young players now getting big deals. Uh, I think yeah. with Krull, would you be would you be sad to see Krull go? Because obviously, 
if we do go up, he'll, he'll come back and he'll he'll be on the fringes next season. Do you think? Um, do, you, do you think if he if he goes away, there's a, there's a chance he'll probably stay in Holland? Um, personally, I mean, I mean, if he wants to go to Holland first season, I haven't got a problem with that at all because I just cannot see him getting back into the first team in Newcastle. I mean, it's a shame he's been a great servant for us, right? And uh, we had that injury. But maybe a season-long loan to Ajax, if it's believed to be Ajax, would do him the world of good. So when he comes back to Newcastle and hopefully be promoted, then hopefully he could be um, in the first team again. But personally, I just cannot see him being number one anymore here. And, no. But the, I think the move to Ajax is the best way. And it's a shame because he's been a fantastic son for us. I love the guy. It's been fantastic when he plays. But at the end of the day, so unfortunately, he had that long-term injury. And um, personally, I think he needs games and he needs to get up to speed. And I think I move to Ajax to be the best party. And also, send that new contract, if it's, if it's true, be fantastic. What do you think, Neil? I think I think Tim Crowley has been steadily been going, been going down and down and down in performance-wise even before the injury. Well, he, he, he hasn't developed. He, he, he no. came through. And he's not gone forward any you now. How much of that is to blame on the coaching that's been in the within the club, and how much of that's to blame on him, the player themselves? It's still always difficult to tell. But he's been hampered by this string of injuries. His kicking seems to be all all over the place. He doesn't command the box, and he developed Chris Packett wrists. And and so um, you know maybe it's a season away from the club will do him some good. Like I say, our view if he's going to sign a contract extension and then go away for, on loan for a season. That gives the club all the options. That gives the club all the control. It, in, in very rare do you see the club in control of a player. Um, in the player's contract situation these days, it's, well, as Rafferham said, self-said recently, uh, 110%, all the transfers are controlled by the agents. You know, it, it, it's a ridiculous situation. It's the tail wagging the dog. And, and it worries me for the future about what happens the day the money dries up and where does it go and and, and, and it'll be us, the fans, who are asked to put our hands in my pockets and shell out, no doubt. Um, but I, I, I think the, the goalkeeping situation at the club needs resolution simply because we've got too many. Yeah. We don't need to carry that many on the books. And I personally don't see much between them. What do you think, uh, what do you think uh, John? Um, I absolutely the nail there sort of thing. I mean... Um, you know, sometimes, like, going back on crew, sometimes he's just, um, how do you think, doesn't control that box that well, sort of thing, you know what I mean? And uh, he's a great shot stopper. And, uh, you know, and um, sometimes comes up, sometimes it don't. But um, I have to agree with you, sort of thing. I mean, um, just, um, like I say, it could come, down, it could come great when he comes back. But... Um, when he does come back, and then I'm afraid, I just think he's going to be number one there at Newcastle. And um, what could he do? Is there a shame? Yeah, but you know mm. that's the problem, isn't it? It's like he he's made a statement of intent by buying the he's buying by buying cells, and then he's signed up Woodman. Uh, I'm not sure yeah. how long uh, Darlow's got left. But um, you know they've got he'll to be have a while because he's a young lad. He's got, well, he's got about three years left on his contract. Um, yeah. I think he's got three years left. Yeah, I, I did like I did like Darlow, but hopefully he'll play. He'll play on. Uh, he'll play tomorrow night, aren't he? So that'll be interesting to see how he how he copes it all because you know it's it's on the games that he played in. 
he had I think I thought he had a lot of protection actually uh, from when uh, Rafa came in. Did, what did you think, uh, John? Uh, last season, I think I think he did okay. He obviously saved I that think, penalty. I think he's done absolutely magnificent. So, mm. I mean, against the bottom, he's a little bit um, unsure of himself. Mm. Let's just let that yeah. I mean, once he had a run of games, I think I was done absolutely no wrong at all whatsoever. Mm. And um, he's made some good saves. I mean, like you just said himself, he made a fantastic penalty save. He's commanding the box. He's quick. And um, the fans loved him. I mean, he's done absolutely not wrong. And, you know, I mean, I just don't understand why he's the number one. But I have to trust Rafa when he picked yeah, Sales in front of um, Carl. Yeah. And um, going on to Sales, quickly so but he's getting a lot of stick for support. He's at a new country. I mean, he hasn't been the Belgian number one of the season for no reason at all. He mm. needs games. Look at look, Elliot wasn't great. He's improved. Yeah, exactly. I mean Tane Crook came in, mm. he was in he wasn't he didn't was um, shaky. He improved. And Darlow, when he played his first game against West Brom, he is very, very shaky. And now look at him, he's been fantastic. I hope it could happen to Max. Because yeah. he'll come on, he'll come on, he'll come on. But he needs to command that box and he needs to catch that ball. But it's just Paulus the nerves. Maybe it's the defence in front of him. He needs to get some communication with the front with the back four a bit more. And I'm sure he'll be a top class keeper. Give me a give me a score for um the two games this week. What do you think is gonna happen? Yep, yeah, I think we'll beat Cheltenham four <laughs> nil. And uh, I've got to be confident. I've got to be kind of positive here, sort of thing. It's a big call, but I think uh, I mean, could be four. And on Saturday, we we sh- against Brian, that'd be a tough game. But um, I'm going to say two ones in the country. Great stuff. Thanks for coming Brilliant. on tonight, John. Thanks for watching. Always positive as ever. And we'll catch you next Thank week, you. okay? Thank you very much indeed, guys. And I'm looking forward to chatting to you next week, guys. Cheers, mate. Thanks, John. Cheers, John. Care, mate. Thanks, Thanks very much, lad. Bye, Bye now. Bye now. Cheers. A great night of uh, conversation on the show, Neil. Hasn't it been really good? Uh, started yeah. off with with, uh, with Steve and uh, you know fantastic even like I've been a normally I I have to talk a lot but tonight we've had such great guests on us yeah just let them run wind yeah, them up and let them go yeah. <laughs> yeah. well I'll, I'll obviously I'll talk to you in a second but thanks so much everybody for listening to Toon Talk we'll be back again next week with one of our main guests it'll be uh, Sarge Chowdhury from the BBC so thanks so much and uh, it's Taylor Swift time.